Welcome back to the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Mr. Jason T. Black of the Green Acre Sessions. So uh, we talked to Drew last week, and that was in the car going uh, uh, over to Angola. And today uh, we're going to be talking to Jason, which took place in on his lovely back porch at his house. I think it's in Temperance, Michigan. It's right over the border. And it was a beautiful Ohio day, which a beautiful Ohio day to Ohioans is a day that's not raining and it's not 100 degrees with 100% humidity, which is just rain. But let's back that up. It's 100 degrees with 85% humidity where you walk into a thick layer of swamp air and immediately uh, your balls stick to your leg and... uh, uh, I mean, that's just for guys. I don't know what happens for ladies. I mean, does it pool up down there? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it pools up for us. Um, so this was a beautiful day, and, w- you know, we just chatted it up. Uh, I, you know, uh, with Drew, we only had a limited amount of time, so we had like an hour in, or some. Uh, with with Jason, we had a little bit more time, so we, this is going to be longer. Um, I, I I wanted to do the whole band, Green Acre Sessions, but everybody lives such busy lives that I, I'm just going to have to hog each one down individually and get them on the podcast by themselves. So this is another part in that series. So we'll we'll get to know the Green Acre Sessions boys uh, as soon as they're available to you know sit there and talk shit with me. <laughs> but this is a great conversation with Jason. We really get to know him, and uh, Jason's lived so many different lives. Which is, you know, it, it, which you find out about a lot of people. They they live a lot of lives, you know. They, before they were a family person, a family man like Jason is. He was traveling around the West Coast like a traveling gypsy playing hippie music and rapping. So, <laughs> and you will get to hear Jason rap several times, actually. <laughs> Even when no one asked him to rap, he just starts rapping. He just he just goes right into it. <laughs> okay, we're gonna get to that in a second. Uh, write the show. We speak English good at gmail dot com. Uh, you can also uh, check out the Barren Wasteland. That is the website which me and Raina have been sort of collaborating and working on updating that fucking thing. I got the new cards. I figure I should have a new website. Um, I got new business cards. Uh, they're way cooler than my old business cards. <laughs> you could see those on my Instagram. At We Speak English Good. Uh, you can also um, uh, leave a review on iTunes or, um, you know, uh, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Okay, I had, to l- I had to remember what the fuck was going on there. Oh, yeah, I got a few dates coming up here as well, which I don't have available. So maybe I'll do that on the end. Um, I know a couple off the top of my head, July 31st, me and Rain are going to be playing at the Bono Tavern out in Bono, Ohio, uh, for their tiki party from 5.30 to around 8. We'll see. We'll see how long we can make it there. Um, 
Uh, I know we got Green Acre Sessions has a three day weekend coming up here uh, where we're playing like downtown Toledo, like the Blarney and Beer Stube and some other stuff. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to try to put that on my website as well, just so it's easy uh, to look up and reference. And in any case, I'm going to switch gears here. Um, so I knew this kid back in the day, uh, me and my boys, uh, well, me and my friends. When you're in high school, you don't know many, very many uh, pot dealers, and this was the only pot dealer. Him and his one friend were the only pot dealers I knew in the area, and and that's where all the kids went and got their pot in high school. And uh, so these kid, this kid was popular, um, but he used to rip us off, and he would overcharge, and you know, like just being a little asshole about it, and. You know, he's living these high school years, and then you graduate, and that person, you know, sometimes people don't grow out of their high school years, and they just keep partying and stuff. But, um, you know, over the years, we played music with this guy. He played music a little bit, and, um, you know, I considered him, like, an acquaintance, not quite a friend, because, like, he just, I just... He was always just trying to scheme and shit, him and his one other little slimy little friend. Uh, he just had that weird, like, he was the type of guy who would just get all weird in the corner and stare at people all, like, menacingly, you know, like, that's just not a good look, um, but when me and my buddies moved out to San Diego, uh, we'd post stuff on MySpace or on Facebook, and this dude would constantly troll us, not constantly, but every once in a while, he would just troll us. Be like, you guys ain't shit. You guys think because you live in California and play music that you're better than me? And all this shit. And, you know, we used to laugh. And, and trolling really doesn't bother me. I mean, with the podcast, you're going to get some hate mail. Especially sometimes I say stupid things. And that's just because I'm, I'm stupid sometimes. <laughs> but uh, it's never going to hurt my feelings to if you call me a big fat loser hiding behind the anonymity anonymity anonymous anonymously hiding behind the internet it's never gonna hurt my feelings you're more likely if you're my friend tell me some real shit gonna hurt my feelings than just some asshole you know some random asshole writing me so this guy wasn't random but he was trolling and we used to laugh about it. we thought that it was the funniest shit in the world and um, I was just listening to Rogan, Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, like last week or something. And he was saying, like, you know, only, no, only losers troll. There's no winners out there trolling. Uh, Elon Musk isn't out there trolling people and spitting venom and wishing death and rape upon one's family. You know, like, like winners don't have time to do that, and only losers do that. And and that's how we saw him. We were just like, he's a loser. And you know, over the years, he got hooked on drugs, and especially in this area, opiates were an epidemic. Ohio suffered greatly from uh, opiates and still do. And so, the, over the years, he's just this drug addict. And, you know, we just make fun of them. And, well, anyways, um, that person ended up dying uh, last week. Um, and I we believe it's a drug overdose. And right now here in Toledo, there's this thing. I think a lot of a lot of places, uh, fentanyl is being used to cut um, heroin around here. And it's causing a lot of people to die. And um, 
I don't know. He died, and like I said, he was an acquaintance. He wasn't like a close friend, but, you know, he's still a person, and I knew him, and we interacted, and we did have good times together. You know, like, we did, we've been to, you know, we've been on drugs together. We've been, we shared experiences, you know, and, um, you know, I consider at one point in our lives as a friend of mine, but he's always had that weird skeevy over to undertow going on. Anyways, I don't know. People have died. You know, as you get older in life, you're g- people are going to die. You know, I'm 35. I'm almost middle-aged. I'm basically middle-aged. And as you get older, people die. Some you're like, oh, good riddance of bad rubbish. Some you're like, oh, man, that hurts. And some, you know, you're kind of indifferent, you know. Uh, It's like I knew that person at one time in my life, but I don't know them anymore. And they're dead and they're gone now. And I guess my life doesn't really change because they never really interacted with it anyways. And the same goes for this guy um, who died here recently. But... You know, it weighed on me, and I, I'm just trying to figure out why it did. And, I mean, first of all, we share that same, we had an addiction to opiates. And that, easy, like, a couple times, that almost took my life, where I had to be resuscitated, uh, mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Um, I had to be, someone had to make out with me until I came back to life. Um, so, first, that's what resonates with me, because that could have been me. It could have easily been me who fucking, there was nobody there to make out with me until I came back to life. You know, I'm making light of it, but it's my experience and this is how I deal with it. I'm not making light of people dying from drugs and it's a very serious thing for me. Um, He, this person who was trolling us over the years, he was, he was a drug addict. He was kind of an asshole and, and I, and And, you know, I didn't really respect him all that much, but in the end, he was hurting. He was a person who was hurting, who had this issue, you know. He he was a human being who was hurting and who didn't have the best upbringing. And, you know, there was a story behind this, and um, I don't know if that's what's weighing on me. Maybe it's my own mortality, again, staring me back in the face, Um because he's not a young, he was a young person. He was probably 33, 34. And, um, you know, he, losers out there trolling people, you know, those people are hurting. And so I think we just need to be a little bit more open-minded about people who are maybe are hurting and, and are in dark places who are, like, you don't know where those people are coming from, where those people, what lives they had to live and, Knowing this person who died, my my quote unquote acquaintance buddy, um, I knew him pretty well, and I don't know. I didn't think it, it wasn't like it was a big shocker either, because everybody sort of, you know, everybody who knew him was like, "Man, he's getting bad," you know. And so it's not like it was a shock, but it was still something that's been weighing on me, and I don't. I, I'm still trying to pinpoint it, but I think I think a lot has to do with the fact that he died of drugs and alone and a, a sad person. And, you know, no one deserves to be sad. And I mean, even bad people were innocent children at one time in their life, you know. So, um, I don't know.
I don't know where this is actually going. I just want to sort of emote a little because it, it was just, I it was a weird situation where like I didn't expect that reaction out of myself, and I thought I might just share that with you guys. And also, if you ever need help with any kind of addiction, there's a national hotline. I just found this is the first thing that pops up. It's uh, the National Helpline. It's the SAMHSA, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. And you can call them if you ever need help or you have any problems. They speak English and Spanish. and uh, So uh, it's 1-800-662-HELP. Again, it's 1-800-662-HELP or 4357. If you know somebody or if you're suffering from it, you know, don't let it sit, don't let it fester. Don't sit there and take your problems out on the internet and troll people. You know, like go out and get help. It's it's important. And um, um, I I just I don't know. I thought I'd throw that out there, but you know, rest in peace, man. Um, whatever bullshit that we went through, or you know, whatever bad blood that we had between us that made you want to troll me and call me a loser and stupid and worthless and whatever else you yelled at me through the internet you know whatever that shit ain't that it wasn't shit to me then it wasn't shit to me now and like you know it's even less than that now so you know rest in peace my brother and uh i hope you found the peace that you were looking for your entire life okay now that we've completely bummed everybody out Let's jump into the conversation with Jason Black of Green Acre Session. Uh, Jason is a funny-ass dude, um, and I really appreciate him coming on. So let's jump to Jason Black. Green Acres is the place to be. Farm living is the life for me. Land spreading out so far and wide. It's like, this is probably like one of the best days of the year so far. Yeah, 75. 75 and comfortable. It's not like humid and shitty. It's We're like not sitting on a stage and. <laughs> oh my god. 100 degree humidity. That was insane. We hold that up to your mouth yeah. when you talk. I'm sorry. No, I, I don't cool. have holders. And no, it's cool. I got it's this. Very lo-fi. <laughs> lo-fi. I don't know what that. I okay. Anyways. I used to have microphone stands. I used to have a studio, but that's in the past, and I need to stop living there is what my <laughs> wife says. It's a lifetime ago, Mike. <laughs> Last be, year. <laughs> be here now. It's true. Do you, do you, do you ever do – you, do you try to do that kind of shit? Do you try to, like, be in the moment? Or do you <sighs> even think about that kind of thing? I don't know. If I think instead of mostly being in the past, I, I try to foresee – so – I'm probably not in the moment because I'm trying to see like long game type stuff all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, I feel like as I get older, it's like, I'm st- not starting to look at my past and be like, well, I should have done this or I should have done that. You know, I start thinking like, you know, what's 60 year old Jason going to do? Cause it's not that long away. You know, no, I'm 38 no, no. years old now. Like, yeah, like right. a, you know, 20 years ago, you know, when I graduated high school, like, Oh, 38. <laughs> Right, That's so old. It, you, isn't it funny that like in high school we thought people who were like in their twenties were old? Oh yeah. Like I remember when I graduated high school and like I saw this band, they're all twenty five, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> what am I gonna do if I'm twenty five? It's basically a dad band at that point. Twenty five. <laughs> my goodness. Well have, 
Might as well poop out a bunch of babies and just do it like that. <laughs> no, well, I mean, like, cause so, so you're like, you look at the future as like, what can I, what do I have to do? I mean, like, what do you, what do you see then in the future? Like when you're thinking about well, it's it, what's goals? You know, it's like, what, you know, what do I want to leave my, you know, my kids and, you know, how do I want to spend my old years? Like, I, I never thought I'd start thinking about retirement, you know, yeah. but it's like a real thing that's kind of looming, you know, it's like yeah. seeing my, you know, my elders and my parents and their friends in situations now where it's like, there's real, no, no real plan, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's kind of scary for myself to that's real think scary. about that. Well, my wife's, my wife's grandmother, she lived to, 90 but she when she died she was homeless she was living in a car mm. and she was an artist <laughs> go figure mm-hmm. um but she she had some like real mental disorder shit i mean she had like this huge mansion in san diego um in this neighborhood called kensington on doctor's row which is this like i mean if you think about doctor's row what do you think it's a bunch of mansions you know mm-hmm. so she had this huge mansion i remember i went there once and it was completely full, like every room, there was only little paths of stuff that she was hoarding. And she was a hoarder. She hoarded so much that filled an entire mansion. That's insane. And she held on to her stuff so desperately that it ended up undoing her. I mean, she, had, uh, she, she got her house foreclosed on. And then it was she stored all her stuff in this big warehouse and then she's trying to make these warehouse payments. And then she's dating this guy. and She's kind of like running through his money, too. Mm. And he ends up losing his house <laughs> and and um, they end up homeless together. And she's like 90. He's like 70. She's a cougar <laughs> is what she told me. <laughs> also, a very quotable <laughs> line. He can't get it up, but he knows how to lick it. <laughs> She's an artist, okay? Been there, am I right? Hey, hey, yo. <laughs> but but it but it is like this really sad story of this like very talented woman who kind of went off the deep end, very much like I'm a woman, I can do it, I don't need a man. Um, she came up in fe- you know when feminism was huge. I mean, shit, she was around for the Great Depression. And, uh, and she was like the first prof- woman professor at SDSU, and she been flown to Europe to go do ins- installations. But as she got older, she got more greedy about things and stuff. I, stuff. It's just stuff, man. You and know? she didn't plan shit out, and it ended up undoing her. And so when me and my wife look at that and see that. Mm. And, you know, my parent, my mom is getting ready to retire and, mm-hmm. and she's going to be fine. But like when you see like her mom, you know, she needs to work on some work on that portfolio. Um, and, but her grandma, you know, like that, that is scary shit, man. And so mm-hmm. so I, I, I totally it resonates with me when you say I'm thinking more about the future than I am. You know the past because what are you gonna do about the past? Well, there's nothing you can do about it. Like right. the only thing you can do about the past is fret about decisions that you made. But you the, you gotta look at the present. You know, like you know, I'm, I'm a dad. I got I got three kids. You mm. know, married, and you think about one little change that could have been made in your past, and then you're 
live leading a whole different life, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If so I would have pulled out, no, <laughs> that was <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> sooner, if I would have went sooner. Yeah. <laughs> she told me not to stop. So right. Did, it's so that. It's that. Don't stop thing that gets you at the like, end. All right. Well. <laughs> Here I go. <laughs> Dude, we're, we're so driven by our peepee. <laughs> it's the world. I mean, it's it's human nature. You know, it yeah. is what it is. <laughs> Wars are fought over it, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, I'm sorry. We got sidetracked. Yeah, you, you're right. Living in the past is like just basically destroying yourself. It's worrying about that. There's nothing you can do about it. And then, so I, I guess, I guess when you say I'm thinking about the future. You're thinking about right now Correct. what I can do now Correct. that's going to be that's going to work out for me and my family in the end. Right. And then, you know, a lot of it seems like, you know, it's a grind, man. You know, it's a, it's such a long grind. But, you know, a lot of things are tedious. It's like, you know, I mean, I, I work a full time job. I've been mm-hmm. in the same place for 11 years now. Right, right. You know, I'm not going to say names or anything because I don't think I'm legally allowed to. No, you wasn't. With <laughs> That's not but uh you know it, you know it's been such a it's it's a grind you know to be somewhere but i'm lucky that i work somewhere where i don't mind what we do and so yeah that's you know, cool i mean like that's just a part of it you know it, a lot it all ties back honestly to music for me because that is my long-term goal like my retirement goal is to be able to get to a spot and be like all right i can gig enough locally you know monday through fridays now to mm-hmm. where i get that can be my supplemental income and i don't need this yeah. income and I, I don't know what age that's going to be able to happen at right but that in, inevitably is yeah the goal the goal is to not have to work a a day job no i feel you man and it's not an easy thing to do no and uh it's cash you, money though cash yeah. money cash money but like but like you're saying like you think about your future is like well i guess if you're making enough you can put away some for the future mm-hmm. Or if you're, you know, working, you know, from gig to gig, if you're living gig to gig and you're just, I have to pay bills now and, mm-hmm. and you're not really building anything like uh, from a government standpoint, you're not building a 401k, mm-hmm. which you can. There's all these things you can do as a musician to go and, and you know, get your tax registration for uh your own business you're basically your own yeah you're a, a small business owner Just 1099 exact contractor essentially exactly and, and there's ways you could divide that money that you get and like you know anyway but but i mean it's hard to think about it's like man am i gonna just be worrying about gig to gig when i'm that age am mm-hmm. I, and then i think about it's like fuck am i gonna be like that 65 year old guy just like mm, Who's still playing the same smoky bar? I used to have this thing when people could smoke in the bars. It's like God, oh. I don't want to be, I don't want to be like a fucking sixty-year-old dude playing the same smoky bar and just playing the sa- brown-eyed girl. Here we go again. <laughs> Sidetrack. How happy are you that they can't smoke in bars anymore? Because I am it's, elated that it's it can't. The happen best anymore. thing to ever happen to a fucking <laughs> so place, nice place where, like, just in public in general. Ugh. I was at the hospital uh, at St. Vincent's. I don't know what they call it now. Uh, maybe ProMedica. They took over. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's out on charity. And I was there visiting a relative, and I took my son with me. He was getting a little anxious inside, so I took him walked him around the grounds. 
And then we were just sitting on a bench, just hanging out right outside the entrance. And these people just came out. They walked right out the entrance, couldn't wait to start puffing away. And I'm sitting there and there's a sign clearly posted like you need to be like off ground to smoke. Yeah. And they're just sitting there puffing away. And I was pissed. And I was like, come on, Bishop, we're going to go somewhere where there's no smokers. (laughs) And I said it like that. All like all like. I don't know, like a fucking little bitch. I could have just easily went up to them and be like, hey, excuse me, can you guys walk somewhere else, please? And been nice, and I didn't have to, like, do it. And then I snitched, and then I went in, and I was there's somebody smoking out For there. real. I was like, there's a sign out there that says no smoking, but yet there's people smoking, and it drove me and my son back in here. We were just trying to enjoy the day, and they are just like, well, do you want me to go say something? I was like, no, we're already in here. I'm just letting you know that they're doing that. Do I- something. I felt like a dummy because I could have easily just, I'm sure they would have been reasonable people and been like, oh yeah, sorry about that. We'll go over here and smoke and kill someone else with our secondhand smoke. Well, it's crazy how smoking the, it, it's so not cool now in this generation, which, which is, is a, great. The it's greatest, so great. It is. It's so not cool. Like You are the leper now. You are <laughs> the, uh, oh. Are you smoking? Like back in, you know, back in my day, you right. know, it was like. You know, smoking cigarettes was still, like, a cool thing. I mean, growing up, we still smoked inside the house at at the house I grew up in, you know? Isn't that gross to think about? And it was so, it was, you know, that was common, you know? People just smoked inside. There was an ashtray. That's, you know, where I started smoking cigarettes and when I started smoking was out of my mom's ashtray, you know? (laughs) Get those butts, baby. (laughs) My sister, it was so tragic. We're, We're from fucking Jasper, Michigan. Um, That's a village, correct? Is it a township? Is it a township? township Now, they have city water now. That's on the way to Adrian right now. Exactly, M fifty two, baby. Yeah. Um, Or it's one hundred one one hundred nine Ohio, right? Yeah. No, no, no. If you going down, wait. Yes. Ohio one hundred nine turns into M fifty two, and then there's the one that you can come in from the east or the uh, from the west. Oh yeah. Two not two ninety seven. Well, there's a gas station there. There is. that I live directly across the street. Actually, my childhood home burnt down a few years oh. ago, which is interesting. And I went back to that property just last year. Um, and I just, like, took my son there. And I was just like, hey, I used to live here on this empty lot of land. And I remember as a kid, I used to think our property was so huge. But I looked at it, I was like, god damn, this is a very small lot. Mm. This was, There was not a lot of room, but I, I fucking made the best of it. But, yeah, that whole that house is gone like and my dad grew up in that house and like it it's just i mean i don't care about that house it's just weird it is weird and i know what you mean my dad recently passed away and they, he rented his house for like 20 30 mm-hmm. years and uh it's it was on farmland and the guy who owned the property just they just mowed down the house <laughs> and they mowed down all the you know the garage and everything uh-huh. so now i drive back where my dad's house was which i didn't know my dad for very long but he, i drive by where his house was mm-hmm. and uh there's just nothing there. It's a cornfield. Right. It's like it, it's just never wiped, existed. Never existed. Just wiped off the history, you know. Have you ever read uh, a hundred years of solitude? No, nope. no, I have not. It's uh, it's like this classic book. It, it's like a Pulitzer, Pulitzer, Pulitzer mm-hmm. prize, Pulitzer surprise <laughs> prize. Um, it, it's I think it's from the fifties or something. It's uh, Marquise, uh, but it's like. Spoiler alert. Uh, at the <laughs> end, so it goes through a hundred years or maybe even more of like this one family in this one town, and it's this made up town in South America. 
and and it's just sort of like there's magic involved. It, it, it's a beautiful book. It's beautifully written, and at the end, there's a fucking uh, a tsunami comes and wipes the entire town and any history of that town ever existing off the face of the map, and. Like, huh. when you're done with the book, you're just like, how insignificant am I? <laughs> and, but, yeah. I mean, but I guess I'm related to, like, these houses that were there. It's like, they hold something special to me, but, like, to everyone else, it's just another plot of land or, mm. or it never existed, you know? Like, like what is, where's the meaning other than to me? And that, I, I, I don't just, know. It's like a nostalgia, I guess, probably. It's just, yeah. Well, I, you get, like, lethargic feeling and stuff when you see it. You know, you're like, oh, there was this and there was that. But at the same time, you know, it's still there in your memory, you know. But right. It's it, just physically. It's just not there. It's not there. I, I don't know. <clears throat> I, it, it question at that moment when I was taking my son to the house, I was just sort of, like, going over, like, meaning and shit. You know, like mm-hmm. like every human does. Well, some humans do. <laughs> Some people have no introspection, which is okay. <laughs> you just exist. Just try not to, like, you know, burn down churches or shoot up libraries or whatever. Uh, the I don't know. I don't know where I was. At, but at that time, it was like an Be existential. Neighbor, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There was some kind of existential crisis in that moment, like where I'm just like, "What the fuck, dude?" Like it just and there's just it mean it all means nothing, and it all means everything. Um, so you are from you're you're not Toledo loco. No, not at all. Uh, you're uh, please. I well, so my family is originally from Ohio, Van like the Van Wert, Ohio area, mm-hmm. and then uh, my grandfather was a truck driver. And uh, they moved around a lot when my mom was young, and they ended up in Orland, Indiana. Orland. 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 Which is a very small town as well. There's a four-way stop sign hey. there. There is a gas station. That gas. Station. There's a couple like did you go there? Did too. you go there and like buy cigarettes for your mom? I probably could have, <laughs> but you know it was full service. You know, so it yeah. was like oh, people came out. People came out. You wrote wrote over the thing, and it ding. You know, and yeah. There was like a barber shop with the thing that oh. spun and stuff. A you post know? office. Very. It's it's over by it's in Steubank County over there by Angola, Indiana. And that's initial and that, it, where we ended up moving was Angola, Indiana. So mm. I was the hopping town of Angola. Know, that's where I I would say I was raised was Angola, okay. Indiana. Uh, graduated from high school there barely. <laughs> Me too. One eighty five out of one eighty seven in my class. They uh, yeah. they gave us numbers. Damn. <laughs> I was horrible. I was a horrible student. Me too. So Did you do vocational to get out or? Well, I actually ended up had to get one more credit. On gr- at graduation, they let me walk, mm-hmm. and they gave me the thing that the diploma was supposed oh. to be in. <laughs> so you don't have to be embarrassed. But there was no diploma, uh. and then I, I had to like work for a little bit, like a couple weeks into the summer. And then one of the like the vocational teacher came and saw me working, uh. and I got like a a work credit for working <laughs> while I was at school. So I got it was literally a half a credit because uh. I was at thirty seven and a half credits. I needed thirty eight to graduate, yeah. and then then they I, they let me come in and get my diploma at that oh wasn't that sweet it was horrible man it was horrible in school i would g- go up to the teacher with like three weeks left in the semester or whatever and i'd be like all right so what do i gotta do i need a d minus <laughs> yeah and then she you know she'd be like well you know first you're gonna have to ace the last test <laughs> all right and, <laughs> you know and yeah. i would like whatever homework she allowed me to make up and then 
then I'd ace the last test and they'd be so mad at me. Like I, I was just like, so what? You know, like I passed the test, just give me my credit. Like, well, why don't you do this all the time? And I was like, I don't know, man. I got like Guitar World magazines. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to like learn how to play guitar here. Like, just leave got, me alone. I got like, priorities, lady. I'm, you know, I work. You know, I was working full time through from oh wow tenth grade on. I wouldn't say full time. Full time for a student, thirty mm. plus hours a week. That's a lot at KFC because it was like ninth grade rolled around. It was like, all right. My mom was pretty like, you can either do sports or you're gonna have to get a job. Mm. And I was like. If I, you know, if I played sports, I wouldn't really have time to have a job, and you know, like the job meant I could have like a car right. and like go. There's a certain party of freedom that comes with your own income, fun, and yeah. have my own money, and that was seemed like a way better deal than, <laughs> you know, playing with a bunch of douchebags at my, my high school football team. You know, and I'm sure in a small town like Angola that there was those like uh, stereotypical. Uh, jocks, nerds. Is oh that, uh, yeah, I mean, because like we're we're old enough to be still in that like. Because I I was talking to Drew. I actually did a podcast with Drew on the way to the Angola gig the other day. Oh, driving. That's cool. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it was just like I was like, hey, you want to do a podcast? And he was like, sure. <laughs> so we did that. Um, yeah, Drew lived in Angola for a little while. Yeah, he was that, and you guys actually met before you guys played together. Yeah, at that's a, party. a whole weird story too. Yeah. Um. But he was talking about, like, the dynamics of high school when we went there and then the, what he sees now in the dynamics of high school where it's a little bit more tolerant and people, mm-hmm. like, nerds aren't, like, sent off to, you know, to the AV club to go nerd out. <laughs> like, they're, they're like, you know, a little bit more represented and, like, it's kind of cool to be a nerd and and uh, jocks still exist, but it's not so, like, you know, in your fucking face. Kids are starting to get the picture a little better. Um then when we attended school, when there was like clear, uh, like a clear hierarchy and like right, you had cliques. your you had your jocks, you know, you had your your freaks or whatever you wanted to call them, like goths, the, or whatever. goths, the stoners, you know, the, the party kids, you know. And where where did you fall in? See, I didn't really hang out with a lot of kids in my own grade. I I had outside of school mm-hmm. friends, but there was a few of them that were in all grades, you know. Yeah. But I was definitely in the, like, freaks and stoners, you know. Yeah. I mean, been a lot different, uh, you know, I had hair back then, you know. <laughs> so, you know, the luscious red curly hair that I can Woo! still feel on top of my head when I shake it. You got phantom hair. You can't hair. see me doing it right now, but I'm, shake I'm shaking it. my you fake shake. hair it's that I used to too. have. It's beautiful, blowing in the wind. Yeah, long hair and just uh, a bad attitude, I guess. Like, when yeah. it came to the man yeah, in yeah, the yeah. establishment. <laughs> <laughs> but I graduated. So, so what, what, what kind of like nudged you towards guitar and stuff? I mean, is there like, <clears throat> is there musicians in your family? Uh, not really. Uh, yeah, I guess my grandpa played tuba uh, in the Navy band, but so and my there. grandma would play piano at church and stuff, and mm-hmm. she was, I guess, kind of musical. But I, I didn't grow up around any of that. Like, I don't know. I was like fourteen years old and. Uh, my grandma would give me $25 for my birthday, and we had these uh, old grease monkey neighbors across the road and uh, always working on cars, you know, it was just, <laughs> you know, up in the hood. I mean, I was up right there with them, up in the hoods of old Camaros and stuff like that. Do you know that. how to work on cars? Uh, a little bit. That's yeah, awesome. I'm not like, like, these new cars are so hard to do anything right. on because it's such a knuckle buster. But, right. you know, this is back when you could sit in the hood of a car and yeah. do stuff, but... But they, he had an old guitar. Don't even know what kind it was, uh, and like a, you know, it's real crappy amp. And uh, 
I don't know. I, we'd always like kind of dink around with it, and I I bought it from him for twenty five bucks. Nice. And uh, started screwing around with it, and my uh, mom had a karaoke machine, mm-hmm. so I I figured out I could plug it in. He had a cable, and I could plug it in because the amp sucked really bad. Yeah. And I could plug it into the karaoke machine. There was like, uh, was it like reverb or reverb echo and or stuff something? on it? Yeah. But then I figured out if I plugged it into my little boombox. Because uh-huh. there was a mic input. Oh, yeah. And then I went out of the boombox uh-huh. into the karaoke machine. I could use the volume on the boombox to create distortion. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, teenage Jason was, you know, a metal metal head, you know. <laughs> Hell, yeah. But once I figured out distortion, it was, you know, it was it drop D tuning. Ooh, watch out, Tool. <laughs> I'm coming for you. It was easy, you know. That actually, that technique is is uh, was pretty. I mean, in, in different variations, but like Keith Richards, he used that on uh, maybe Brown Sugar, mm-hmm. and he just plugged an acoustic through a reel to reel and cranked it and just distor- clipped the sound, and that's the guitar in the background. And I mean that that was the original distortion was just jacking. creating an overdrive. Yeah, and then you turn the volume down on the one that you're actually listening to, and then yeah. that's just creating a gain essentially. Mm-hmm. It yep. was so raunchy, man. But then, you know, I think but I that's got, like, sweet. A, a I would love to record with that, you know, like just yeah. in my own world. Like, that's awesome for me. Cause yeah. The, the, I mean, honestly, I learned from Guitar World magazine. So I had a buddy who played mm-hmm. a little bit of guitar. Right. And he had this stack of Guitar World magazines and he just oh, dropped wow. the stack on me, you know. And he was like, yeah, you know, I, I went through all these and, you know, learned how to tune it. And then eventually one Christmas, you know, 16 probably I, my mom ended up getting me an electric guitar oh nice. like a hondo strat copy like yeah you know just like a whatever. first act type guitar or whatever yep, you know yep. and i got a samic right <laughs> and uh i mean honestly i've been lucky to have a lot of good people around me as well just throughout the years to as no no formal training yeah whatsoever or anything you know mm. i've guitar world magazines and meeting people i'm kind of a monkey see monkey do yeah. kind of guy that's why YouTube, like, if, like, go back to when I was learning to play guitar, like, uh, I'm, I'm still learning to play guitar. Of course. 100%, you know. That's what's so great. Well, me and Drew were saying, we are talking about that, how, like, music is something that you never really, I mean, you can master some parts of it, but it's something that there's always something more to learn. There's always, always something that you can dive into head first and just fucking spend the rest of your life learning. It's just, like, you can just keep going and learning in perpetuity until you die because music is just so broad and just there's, there's so, so many much types and, and there's so much to yeah. learn but yeah you know very simple very rudimentary but you know, i ended up meeting a, a friend of a friend who played the drums mm-hmm. and he had like uh one of those old electronic drum kits with it was like a rolling mm-hmm. with you know the whole pad the and pad everything. yeah and he brought it over to a buddy's house and we you know man it was the funnest thing like playing <laughs> oh, yeah. with somebody else and like in in sync like that and uh you know, it was just, you know, he'd simple, he'd just be laying a beat down, like, right, you know, and I'd be, dun, 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 oh, so cool, you know, and I was, I was hooked from that moment on, like, what feeling. What, what were the, what was, like, in your CD player on regular rotation? Oh, man, probably Pantera. Oh, my God, my favorite still is 101 Proof Live. It's so good. It's just the best. It's like it's, my it's so much better than any of their studio stuff, I think, because it really captures what's happening. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever saw Pantera live back in the I day. I haven't. Uh, it, 
it was it's insane. You know, well, like back at that at that time. Yeah. You know, what was that? Was that like vulgar display? Was there? Was that the one that was out at that time, or was it? Uh, I mean, Cowboys from Hell was their first one. Then they had the '80s record too. Well, that that was what I was gonna say. Is like Phil's voice. He was trying to do Judas Priest for the <laughs> longest time. I laugh every time I hear that, and then he sort of drops it when he kind of finds his own voice, and he just sort of he starts just being that grumbly whiskey chugging, cigarette smoking. I look back now and I like, God, Phil Anselmo is such a douche. Like <laughs> some of the stuff he's done, like, uh, I know he was like a junkie. Yeah, um, and he, like, I don't know, he's got some questionable uh, moral beliefs, I believe. Like, like what, he's banging underage girls? Like white supremacy type stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah but they <laughs> all were rumored, and they always yeah, were that's true. throwing that rebel flag around and shit. Like, and it definitely wouldn't cut it today. Like, there's no way that Pantera <laughs> would be able to cut it today. <laughs> Waving their rebel flag. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we but go. But Tool, I, I honestly say Tool probably was right there too like yeah that undertow on undertow oh man masterpieces and then Nine like the nails oh yeah had like a Fuck whole it. uh pretty hate machine pretty hate machine hell yeah no i remember when everyone was posting their 10 favorite and uh-huh. i saw i was like fuck dude like i didn't even get to this genre of music because like yeah because like when i was a teenager that was where i was at too but i was like corn limp biscuit but then like yeah new metal fi- stuff like that. <laughs> uh but then pantera and and Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and getting into those hair bands and yeah. this is from my sister and she's she's forty so she she was a little bit above me she introduced me to Dr Dre and um, I listened to a lot of rap <laughs> the, the early nineties as well like right a lot of rap a lot of uh, metal it kind of went from rap to metal I think mm. it was like the, the and then metal rap. Yeah, that was sweet. Like Cypress Hill, I listened to a lot of Cypress Hill. That one album, right? They didn't didn't they do like a a double album where there was one was like a metal rap album, the other yeah. one was regular. I d- I can't remember. I just remember rolling to school with my cousin, and he was like, "Dude, you hear the new Cypress Hill?" Because like hits from the bong, of course. That's like it's a classic. Oh, yeah. Hit from the bong. Oh, I suck. Okay. <laughs> well, it's the funk elastic, the one and one stick. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, what you miss this? Oh, yeah. All I remember is it's like programmed. It's like programmed in my brain, like the ABCs. Right. These old rap songs. <laughs> Which is, I wish I could remember that shit because I want to do because like me and Rainer do acoustic duo stuff, and I swear I want to do a loop, and I want to do fucking like a rap. Like I was learning. Um, I got five on it. Oh yeah. I started learning the rap. Well, I was gonna have her sing the hook, and I was just gonna do the, cause it starts with, like player. <laughs> <laughs> He's like player. Um, give me some. I don't know. I fucking forgot it already. But it was like, I think I was in a state of mania, and I just came bursting in the door like. I got a genius idea. It's going to be so funny and everyone's going to love us. And then like I started doing the work and I was like this sucks. I don't want to learn this rap. I'm yeah. done. That's a dumb idea. <laughs> so it's tough to learn a lot of these old raps. Like we, you know, we cover a couple so tunes. Wordy like, sometimes. Some of them if it's not already pr- like in my brain programmed, right. it's hard it's for like, me to do it. Like there's like, you know, a good handful of, you know, at least 30 old rap tunes that are they're like just there, right? Just like there. regulators is kind of oh, there. Oh, it's there. 100% <laughs> regulators is there the whole thing. I've covered covered that in multiple bands. That's, that was another one I was going to be like, "Well, I kind of know regulators already. So if I just go over the words, I could just sort of spit it real 
real quick. She could do the Nate Dog part, and you know, I could be Warren G. It's so funny that that is a Michael McDonald cover. It is. <laughs> I talk. Okay, so I talked. I, ta- I talked to this guy named T Money Green who did the bass on that album oh, on that wow. record. And he lives in Detroit. He just does his thing. He just collects checks and fucking plays whenever he feels like it and just seriously sits and plays all day, um, I guess. Um, <laughs> that, that's all I assume. I mean, that's all I saw of him. When I, when I went to go interview him, his kids greeted me at his studio door, and um, he was playing. And as soon as I walked in, he starts playing because he also played uh, on the Snoop Dogg doggy style. So all oh, those classic man. albums, all those classic G-Funk era albums, except for Chronic. He didn't play on the Chronic, but he played like on a lot of the uh, shit following that. It was him and a couple other bass players. But um, I walked in and he starts playing like gin and juice bass line. And I had to sit there and wait for him to play all the hits. Just him <laughs> on bass. I had to wait for him to play all the hits. And then he put his bass down, came over, and fucking rolled a joint, and we just went. And it was a great <laughs> conversation. Like, I love that guy. Like, What's his name? T-Money Green. T-Money um, Green. His name, his real name is, I think it's Tony Green. Tony. I call him Tony. It's T-Money Green to everybody else, but I call him Tony. <laughs> well, the bass on those are, it's so sibil and tight, though, you know? Right. Like, but that's what he was Bubble. like. Bubble. That's what he was like. Boop, 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 he was like, boop. that's why I got hired, because I wasn't. I could be flashy if I needed to be flashy, but like I was very pocket, and that's what Dre saw in me is that like I, if he just gave me something, even if I heard the bass line, I could just erase that from my head and give him something all the time. So mm-hmm. that's why Dre kept me around. Um, I forgot what the point why I brought him up. We were talking about old rap songs. And I Warren know. G Warren G. Oh, well, he was telling me about um, how no one. No one, um, they saw what happened to the Beastie Boys. I think that's what he was saying. I, God damn it. I'm fucking, I hate my memory. It's so stupid. Anyways, it has something to do with like, <laughs> um, the rights to the song. And yes. like when they presented that Michael McDonald song, he was kind of like, what mm. the fuck is this? <laughs> it's so smooth though, really. But it is good. It's good. And then, so they redid it. They, uh, they would go instead of sampling because there was problems with sampling, and legal legality problems uh, with sampling, so that's when they were starting to just re-record everything. And just so straight up replay. Right. It. Yeah. He's like, you know what? If you just re-record it, the the royalties is way less, and and because uh, you're not using the actual part of the right license recording by this record company. Right. And and he was just like. I don't know, he's kind of shit talking Mike McDonald. <laughs> I think I can't, dude. I fucking suck. Anyways, regulations. That's oh. a bomb. We should do regulate. Let's do regulate. I love it. Re- I will do regulate. I started learning it because I was going to do the rap because I had this wonderful idea. Of well, I mean, I could be Nate Dogg or Warren G. It doesn't <laughs> it's like, matter. Who, who do you want? Who do you want me to be, man? You know? <laughs> who do you want me? I laid all them busters down. I let my gad explode. <laughs> now it's time to back down. Freak mode. Freak mode. Yeah. <laughs> all these haters. But yeah. Where were we at before that? Well, we were just talking about what you were listening to, but oh, you were talking yeah, yeah. about like your your kind of like how you got into playing oh, and stuff yeah, yeah. and you're pl- jamming with that drummer on this rolling so yeah, yeah he uh i mean he had a drum kit as well and then i one of my buddies played guitar was starting to play guitar as well so we uh started playing together you know and then uh so that started that was i guess was the start of one of like my first band i mm-hmm. guess we called it uh chrysalis 
Chrysalis. Was the name of the first band. That's yeah. Right. But then... Um, what, wait, wait, where did that come from? Uh, honestly, like, I woke up one morning. I was pretty young, and I just opened up the dictionary and, like, straight up woke up, like, out of a weird dream mm. and went into the dictionary and... the first page i opened up the word chrysalis was like the first word i saw what does it mean it's a butterfly in its cocoon oh so we should write a song called chrysalis yeah that's a good idea actually i think i got one actually i have to remember how to play it like this i've forgotten how to play so many songs i've written it's ridiculous which, but uh, which, we actually changed the name to chrysalix chrysalix chrysal hyphen x <laughs> it was so cheesy <laughs> You I know, love that. I love that. Young, you know, like rock. We played a lot of rock. We wrote our own stuff, though, too, and um, played at parties, basically. The, the, was our, it just you and him? Uh, it was me, him, and then, then that drummer. So, mm. But uh, our first like, actual real paid gig, like, and I'd say it was probably my first actual paid gig, was at a biker rally with yeah. this band. Nice. Oh, my God. It was so such a train wreck. Like, <laughs> cause we, we didn't have a PA system or anything, and, oh. and bikers are, like a really interesting crowd mm. like 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 real bikers like yeah, yeah. man they're so dirty but uh <laughs> my friend's dad uh was the chief of a okay uh, i guess what do you call them or you don't want to say gang like motorcycle um, club the wizard well, grand wizard it's the scorpions in michigan the grand but, wizard uh, of the scorpions oh we got the airplane flying over that's okay but uh you know, he invited us up there to play. So we get there, and there's this huge stage with the big scorpion on the front <laughs> and stuff. And we, the PA we had was just my buddy who had a nice Pioneer stereo. Oh, shit. Because we didn't have a PA, yeah. you know. That was expensive stuff back in the day, you know. So he brought his, literally brought his Pioneer stereo. We figured out how to hook a microphone into his oh. Pioneer stereo and speaker on each side. And that was the vocals. Then we had uh, actually two guitar players, well, three actually. <laughs> but the one guy quit, so we... Use my one buddy. I don't know. It was a rotating cast of right. young kids, but one of my good friends was playing the bass at the time. And uh, so we're there. We got all our stuff set up. Yeah. And then they all come back from their run or whatever, the toy run or whatever, poker yeah. run or whatever the guys call it. And they all come pulling up onto the stage. And I don't want to exaggerate. I'd say there's maybe 50 to 70 of these motorcycles and come rolling thunder up to the stage, <laughs> you know, and we're, I'm, we're punks, man, you know, yeah, like yeah. 17, 18 years old. I don't even like 16, 17, 18, like right. just punks. And, uh, we go on with our first song, which I, if I recall correctly, was like a rock version of proud Mary, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we rip it out, you know, and then we finish and it's just silence for a minute. All these bikers in front of us sitting on their bikes. And these are just like some burly, hairy dudes yeah. like, for us. Like, And then the one guy was just like, fucking rock and roll. <laughs> and then the all rest of them were just like, Hoo! you know. <laughs> and I, I, I think I like. That sounds like a very supportive crowd. I look back to the drummer. I was like, I think we've been accepted by the clan. You know, like, <laughs> I think we we are good here now. And we went about, we probably we played, made. you know, maybe 15 songs or something. Yeah. All the 15 songs we knew probably together, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then partied with these bikers all night. Like, nice. Oh, so weird, man. <laughs> bikers are so weird. They had well, this clubhouse, like, yeah. we're just these punk kids, and they got this, so they had this clubhouse, and we're sitting there, and we get some drinks for playing, you know, we're just, we're, we're, we're t camping out for the night. It's an overnight deal. Oh, shit. Like right. everybody is, nice. it's like a biker fest or something, you know, but it's like the club. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had this weird biker porn on the <laughs> TV, like in this, <laughs> in this clubhouse. And 
you biker know, porn. It was biker porn. And it was like these, you know, like, it was so weird. You just like, we, he, we're getting these shots of Jack Daniels and stuff. And yeah. like, you know, we're just these young kids. And it's just like, it's different. It, like, the, there, it's definitely more of an amateur based. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what does that even entail? Like, like a, a biker hat? Like, I don't a helmet. No, like, what are they wearing? Like, like chaps? I mean, what's like? I don't. What, I don't want to. What like, makes it biker? Porn? Just like old biker whores, you know? It's oh, like just old ladies. Like being old ladies. Like, have you have you read bikers. the Hunter T- Us Thompson book, the uh, Hell's Angels book? I did when I was younger. I, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's weird. You you when you read a book of like real bikers where they're just like all hopped up on meth. Oh and yeah, like just storming people's property, like Ken Kesey's property was just stormed by Hell's Angels, and they're just passing around women, and then all of a sudden they'll just start beating the shit out of each other until they don't have teeth. I mean, like that painted like a real picture, oh, and so, it's so like to think of young child <laughs> Jason just sitting there like Aah! with these big burly dudes watching well, biker is, is porn. We were. We had the in though because our we were there because of the chief, you right? Know, right. Of the, of the club. so you were already made men. Yeah, we were we were made men there. Yeah, we could do whatever the fuck protected. we want. And and if anybody had anything to say, Randy would have beat the shit out of him, basically. <laughs> Randy, <laughs> and his name was Randy. And his name was Randy. Holy shit, that's beautiful. So that was my first gig. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, okay. So then, what happened to that band? I mean, besides- uh, I think I had. A bigger, you know, expectations of what was going to happen with it, and I essentially we were having practice one day, and I was like, "This just isn't going to work." Like, yeah, I'd, I'd already been out to Seattle and was out there with some friends for a while, and I'd come back and tried to get it going again, and I was just like, "I just want to go back west," you know? Yeah. Like, How I, long I, were you in Seattle? <clears throat> I was in Seattle for on and off, uh, you know, probably not that long actually. At least half a year, but mm-hmm. I did. I've lived in Seattle, Washington, Olympia, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon, Ashland, Oregon, Arcata, California, Garberville, California. You you uh, like you know. northern Northwest? I've all, I'm Southwest too, though. You know, I've lived in Tucson, Arizona. I lived in Bakersfield, outside oh. of Baker. Oh, so <laughs> I know. I, I I shouldn't even say that. <laughs> I spent time in Bakersfield. It's such a there's a content. <laughs> I've just lost all respect is, for you, Jason. I learned while I was there that there was a content of meth in the air of Bakersfield wow. because there's so many Some people, people cooking. cooking. <laughs> I uh, just Tucson, Arizona, though, beautiful. Southwest is beautiful. Dude, I just heard something that a uh, Bakersfield was founded because of something odd. Damn it! Never mind. But yeah, it's what what I basically, <clears throat> you know. After this band broke up, I was like, I have this. I need to go on this mission or whatever. So you got wanderlust and like you wanted yeah. to get the fuck out of Angola, right? I ended up going. Uh, some friends. We went to a, a rainbow gathering in. Uh, oh, tell uh, It was in Pennsylvania, Allegheny National Forest in Pennsylvania. Oh, sweet! That place is beautiful. It was beautiful, you know, and it was something like I never really experienced, you know, like. Oh, rainbow gathering. I've been, I've been to you know shows and stuff. You know, right. I I'd went to Further Fest in '97 oh, or '98. Sweet. <coughs> Where yeah. is that in NorCal? No, that was uh, this was back when I was still living in Indiana. Oh, there was a Further Fest. Yeah, it was like after Jerry died. Okay. The first tour they went around was called the Other Ones. Right. You know, and it was at just the Other Ones essentially, and I went to that show and I don't know. I, I think it was kind of eye opening. You know, it was it's a whole it was this whole culture, this whole like circus, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, people selling dog grilled cheeses, selling drugs. It, it was selling, no, selling straight up like everybody with their hustle, you know, like the parking lot, stickers and T-shirts mm-hmm. and hemp necklaces and girls walking around with their fingers up in the air, like yeah. just getting handed, America. getting handed tickets. Oh, um, you know? and, and just for people who don't know what that means, he just said it, but like at, at like dead shows, but also at any hippie ass show. Uh, <laughs> not, I'm not trying to talk shit about hippie ass shows or anything, because I was definitely a part of all of that. If you hold up your finger, like your index finger in the air, it signals that everyone that you are looking for a t- ticket, and you either want it to be given to you, which is what you're hoping, or maybe pay a small price. <coughs> right. But it's to indicate that you're looking for a ticket. So, anyway, so you saw this culture. Yeah, the, you know, and I think the rainbow was kind of an offshoot. We we had the. Mm. Um, I had a friend in my hometown who she'd been to a couple. She was a couple grades older than I was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she'd come back with stories Story. of these adventures. Stories you know? of what's out there beyond like, those city limits. There's stuff beyond Angola? <laughs> I want to do the stuff beyond Angola. <laughs> you know, so I, I, we go to this rainbow gathering. And it's just insane, you know, but we ended up leaving. We took our guitars. We were like, me and a friend of mine had this, like, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure vision of what we wanted to do nice. with music, you know. Yeah. Um, like we end up having a class together and like we just sat and talked about you know basically changing the world with music yeah. man like and it's like yeah like bill and ted you know <laughs> so we went to this rainbow gathering trying to recruit essentially and we met with a guy who we'd met previously in angola because he he was there and he played music and we met with him at the rainbow gathering and kind of started an adventure from that point on Oh wow! So wait, so you met up with this guy, and then so you went back to Angola and you started a thing, no, or you? Then we took out, we took off out west at that point. Oh, that's and so. All three of you went to Seattle, yeah, or yeah, uh, basically a whole hippie caravan. We we took off out west, out to Seattle. I love that. Um, I love like that. You when you're young. Like you'll just jump in anybody's van. It's just like, hey, I'm going too. <laughs> the thing was, it, it was my van. Like, uh, one <laughs> of the guys that was in the was in the bands. The mom was like, if you guys can get this van out of my driveway, you can have it. And I think it was just like the master cylinder or something. Uh-huh. We just like swapped out the master cylinder. We're like, thanks, and just Deuces. like, like there was no registration for this thing or anything. Oh, you guys, like, so you guys were just like going. We, we had to no, know. I think we did get temp tags on it. Oh. And we had like a bunch of like we got like quotes for insurance, you know, and be like, yeah, our insurance is right here. We got the quote right here, but we, right. we're on the road, so we haven't gotten sent the cards, you know. Oh, so shit. did that work out? Yeah, it actually did. But wow. most of the time, they just wanted us the fuck out of their town or whatever. Yeah, you, you know? need to go. Oh, so was it like a? Did you guys spray paint it, make it all crazy? No, it was just straight red. You just kept it low key, and rust. but you got <laughs> red and rust, red rust. So you got, but but you guys were all like hippied out with tie dyes. Oh yeah, you know patchouli. And we bust we bust our way across, the, you oh, know, because nice. we ran out of money. We we stopped banging and busking. Yeah, basically just setting up with our guitars and yeah. Never really like got into the spanging thing. Like I always like to do something at least. Like, I do too. You know it's what gross. I mean? It's a gross feeling. Like, I, I, I did okay, that. so I, did I have that. I have yeah. flown a couple signed in my day as well too, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it, it was, it was a sign? Yeah, like flown a sign, you know. Like, oh, right. oh, oh, like be like, we'll God work. Damn it, we need gas money, and we're like down and out here. Hold a sign at like a strategic intersection. Right. But uh, Flying sign. I've never heard that expression, but I get it. Yeah, we ended up in Seattle, Washington, and that's where the van broke. Oh. Well, so <laughs> we all kind of like got into a caravan with other people, and we started headed down south. And uh, 
we stopped in Eugene. What? What? I was just curious. What? What? You guys just wanted to go to Seattle, or was there something that took you out of it? Yeah, it was a girl. You know, I had a girl that was, oh. was in Seattle that I. So wanted you're like, to I'm see. going to Seattle. And I love her. Yeah, pretty much. Gonna marry like, her. Um, it was such a long time ago. Like we'd like hung out at the Rainbow Gathering, and we like the whole time like, and we were like, you know, hanging out, kissing, and you know, yeah. loving on each other and yeah. stuff, you know. Uh, and she was like, I live in Seattle. And then you know, but she's like super hippie, and she was like, well, I'm gonna go out to the Rainbow Gathering, and I was like, uh, like basically like, like Rainbow broke up with me at the Rainbow Gathering. <laughs> oh, you that know? was her name. Her name was uh, Baloo, like Baloo, Baloo, like like the, the bear, like the bear, right? From Jungle Book. I, I think her real name's Jennifer, but you know everybody's got their hippie Cloud, names. Sunflower, <laughs> Sapphire, Water Wind, or whatever, <laughs> you know. Tiger Blood. Like I could just use these people's hippie names, and like there would be no like. I don't, th- anim- I don't think. Animidity. I I think of all the Jennifers in the world, I, I think that one Jennifer is probably not gonna be listening to this, and also not give a fuck. Seattle was cool though. Like, I don't know, you know, being yeah, from Seattle's where I was amazing. at. But we started in Seattle essentially, and then I actually ended up did seeing the girl there. Oh. And she's like, oh, but I've got this other boyfriend now. Uh. And then I, you know, I was all like, oh, butthurt and <laughs> sore, and t- t- best time to write music, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then we ended up heading. In, Heading south uh, to Eugene, yeah. there was like a couple weird stops along the way too. But honestly, it's so long ago. But we lived in Eugene for a little while, and then headed south from there. It is it, honestly like it was just like youth yeah. of moving around, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I would like end up staying places for little periods at a time, like right. and then maybe going back to the place. Yeah, like Eugene was definitely one of my favorite places God, to be. So awesome. I, I love, love Eugene. Place. I would. I would. If if I could retire in that area, the Willamette Valley area, <laughs> Willamette, <laughs> Willamette, I think is how you're actually supposed to no, say it, or is it Will- Willamette, Willamette, Willamette? It, yeah, because I called out it there. Yeah, I called it Will Will Willamette or something. They were like, it's Oregon. Willamette. It's not Oregon. Yeah, they oh. get mad when they say Oregon. It's Oregon. Yeah. Because, I get mad when because here in Toledo they say Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, yes. whatever. <laughs> yes, go eat some more cheese and bread, asshole. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was rude. But yeah, so that's kind of like my roots. But you know, we started, we played a band in Eugene for a while. Oh, sweet. We had a band there. We called it Cancer Moon. Uh, the name of the band. Okay, it's so like not cancer, like the yeah, it's like the hippie sign, growth, like the astrology yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like somehow, okay. Cancer Moon. This girl from Hawaii had told us there was a story of like a band that was supposed to start with everybody had a Cancer Moon in astrology. And we were like, well, wouldn't it be cool? Like, we had a little group out there. Mm. And wouldn't it be cool if uh, we were all Cancer Moons and we got our signs did and we were all Cancer Moons? So it was like, oh, you got your signs we did. We got our signs did. <laughs> our, got natal, signs our natal, did, natal charts. <laughs> we did our natal charts. Oh, girl, you know? I got my signs did today. Oh, my God, your sun is rising in Leo. <laughs> Is that that isn't even right? But now there's 13 <laughs> signs. There's 13 signs. Now, oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. And I'm not actually an Aries. I'm like I'm a Leo now. I was a Virgo. Now I'm a Leo. Yeah, my which wife. Which is much more what I identified with to begin with. A Leo? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> my my wife is very like into that. I mean, not very. I mean, she's not sitting there working the numbers and shit. But she yeah. she would if she she wanted to or if she had the time. Um, but but yeah, she's like when she heard that shit, she's like, "Fuck that! I'm a Leo." Rawr. <laughs> you know, all right. Okay. Calm down. But yeah, so we, we you know we did this hippie band out there. That's we sweet. wrote wrote most all our music. We uh 
like circle style, which was pretty cool. We would just literally pass a piece of paper around, write mm-hmm. lyrics. Oh, cool. We were all pretty poetic or whatever. I like that. So, just so like write a verse, hand it off, hand it off, and they would g- work off of what the last line yeah. was, and and maybe like somebody's playing guitar off in the distance of something that you're thinking about mm-hmm. or to like for inspiration or whatever. You know? Oh, cool. I like that. So, did you guys all live together and just sort yeah. of like be a band together? It was a full on like one bedroom apartment immersion. All of us living together and like. Was there any like little? We like can share the women. We can share the wine type of scenarios here. It was uh, it was <laughs> you know a little too close for comfort at times. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> those are those, but those are the greatest experiences as a yeah. kid, you know. Like you, that's when you were like, I don't like that, but I like this. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes me feel a little icky, so maybe not do that again. But here I am doing it again. Yeah, we did some, like a couple festivals out there and like local gigs. Oh, cool! And stuff. So you like were out there long enough to like get involved and yeah like we met you know with some kids that were putting on the festivals and eventually yeah. i ended up helping like flying back out there and helping them put a festival on and oh sweet they do them in they used to do them in uh, north carolina and out in oregon and st- stuff or sweet. I, say, right? I don't even remember which one's right oregon they were in oregon oregon, oregon. we're oregon. gonna say oregon we're not gonna say oregon okay yeah, we're gonna say oregon we're not gonna say oregon <laughs> i'll even do that on purpose to people you in speak oregon. english good <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but i i I I do it. I just like I don't give a fuck. Um, I'll be like, oh yeah, I, I live here in Oregon. Like, Oregon, me? like the Excuse? park in your body. <laughs> you mean you mean Oregon? <laughs> <laughs> like no, I mean Oregon, you fucking prick. Um, <laughs> that it's funny though. I I just met my neighbors last night. They came over and they were all drinking. And Fourth was, of July, baby. Yeah, they were still going. Like there was still fireworks <laughs> going on in the neighborhood behind my house and. Really nice. It was nice to know the neighbors. And he like when he came over, he was like, he was telling me when he was finally when we got kind of shooting the shit. He was like, you know, I had a couple drinks in me, and I was like, I'm gonna, I need to know who these people are. <laughs> <laughs> these people. Yeah, exactly. And because he's seen, you know, he sees it. We live right across the street from each other. So he, when we're leaving, and I saw bright colors on his shirt. I need to know what's going it's, on. Yeah, like because I'll either I could be wearing anything from like nothing but underwear to like a suit so like he just sees me going in and out. he's like what the fuck do you do and like anyways yeah so so you guys are out in oregon and doing the hippie thing and then why, why'd you leave uh, you know how would you I leave mean, oregon essentially we went to another rainbow gathering <laughs> we, we, we another had a, girl uh, there was a girl that joined the band a very talented keyboard player Ooh. and uh and you were well, smashing or what? Well, it ended up being like pretty much everybody in the band was kind of scenario, you know, wow. some, okay. to some degree. Okay, okay. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And it, it just kind of like, I don't know, made everything kind of weird, I think. I'm sure. Did, was there dudes in there like kind of getting possessive and stuff? Or was everybody keeping that? Yeah, it wasn't cool. Because like... The, I don't know. It was just it was just Everybody's really kind awkward. of catching feelings, kind yeah, of, and like it was just really weird. And it's not like we were really big or anything either. Right. You know what I mean? Like we were just trying to still get our feet gr- dug in, and yeah, you know, we were still establish ourselves. You right, know? right. But uh, we ended up taking another small group out of that, and we just went on a busking tour essentially. Oh wow! We, we called ourselves somewhere else because <laughs> whenever somebody asked us where we were going. Somewhere else. We're going. We're going somewhere else, and it was an interesting group. We had uh, me, another guy who sang and played guitar, who we'd met at the Allegheny mm. uh, Rainbow Gathering back when. Cause, yeah. Because we'd continue to write music together. Uh, 
the girl who played the keys on mm-hmm. the drums because she also played like hand drums. Oh, okay. We had a girl who playing uh, violin. Oh. Another girl who played like shakers and sang well, as well. You, you guys were stacked. Three with girls, ladies. three girls, two guys. We did so well. Like, and we hitchhiked together. That's the insane thing is Whoa. there was five of us and five. we would hitchhike. Like in the first ride coming out of Eugene, uh, literally a crew cab truck pulls over, <laughs> and it's like, where are you guys going? We're heading to Ashland, uh-huh. Ashland, Oregon, which is a real hit place too. Right. Uh, and uh, he drove us right there, dropped us off in the middle of the town. And they were like, oh, you guys should go over and check out the Renaissance uh, festivals that are going on over here. Because we were all like, you know, what, what do they call it now? Boho or what? what's the style? Like bohemian. Oh, you know, we were all like gypsy looking. Like, Got you. You guys were just a pack of fucking gypsies tech, just rolling gypsies. around. We, you know, we pull up in the middle of this town and set up. And, uh, dude, we were it, we were raking bank. Like, That's this <laughs> thing was packed coming out, and we had, you know, yeah. you know, we had a good thing going on there. And, but, uh, yeah, it was insane. Like, five people hitchhiking together. How old are you now? About, like, I'm, 20, 21? Uh, no, at this point, I'm not even – well, I, maybe I just turned 21 at this point. Gotcha. Like, just turned 21. Yeah. Because I turned 21 in Eugene as we were packing up, getting ready to go on this journey. Okay. But, uh yeah, pretty insane time. And then, so what kind of led you back east? So, so I was in Eugene, and I've n- I had never met my father at this point, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I knew he'd lived. I actually had his phone number in my pocket. Oh wow! I just never called him and talked to him because it was a weird thing. How like, did you get his number? It was just in the phone book from Angola, and I'd always had. Oh, it oh his, he lived in Angola. He he lived off of yeah, in, around Angola. That is so strange because Angola is not a big city. No, it's not. But and like, so how do you not like? He he moved, He basically was like not mine, you know. Oh, he's like, not mine. And then my mom was like, "All right, well." He has red hair, just like. Well, <laughs> well, fuck you. Well, she has red hair too. Oh. She was basically like, "Well, fuck you." He, you don't get to see him at all. Then, if even if you oh. try, you know, like yeah, yeah. he's mine, you know, which was cool, but uh. <clears throat> I had his phone number, so this is the the conversation came up. We're out there and we're like talking about genealogy or something, yeah. you know. Like, you know, everybody's like, "Well, I'm mostly Polish, but I've also got some of this." And I was like, yeah. "Well, I really only know what I am for my mom's side." Yeah. And you know, so I'm out there with all you know all these hippies out there, and they're like, "Well, why why don't you just call your dad and see you know?" And and that could be like a conversation lead in. So like, I just want to know what my you know. My and this kid had a background. cell phone with you know. The, like one of the it was like more modern you know it was it, this is 2001 yeah yeah so a cell phone was still pretty rare yeah and like if you had one you were considered and it had like an antenna on it still you know he pulled the antenna on like the nokia style yeah like was he a trustafarian oh yeah nice <laughs> trustafarian <laughs> but uh we'll call him we'll call him uh Cloud. ross j ross j okay <laughs> but uh Anyways, you know, so he gives me his phone. He's like, yeah, just call him, you know. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, man, you know, man, yeah. I'll call him. So I called him. And, uh, you know, I was like, hey, you know, it was such a weird conversation to have at first. How do you even open up? I'm like, so <laughs> you knew my mom about 21 years ago. Her <laughs> name is, this is how he's led it. Her name's Jolene Black. Well, I'm 21 years old now. <laughs> He's just like, but, I mean, my like, dad was so cool about it. Like, yeah, uh, but how do you even do oh, that? Oh, bud. I always wondered, bud. Oh, you know, shit, like, and he was that guy. Yeah, he was like, I always wondered, you know. And, uh, you know, so we started talking. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was like, honestly, I'm just calling you because uh, 
we were talking about, you know, genealogy and mm. the conversation came up and somebody, you know, the opportunity posed for me to call you guys. I, I told him, you know, like, I'm in Eugene, Oregon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we I can come hang out. Right. It's not like I want to come live with you. <laughs> I'm not like, trying to live yeah. with you. I'm taking care of my own business out here. Right. But uh, so we ended up, you know, going uh, hitchhiking all the way down through the coast. And we ended up in Tempe, Arizona, eventually. Mm. And uh, we met some kids which is eventually how I met my wife that knew my wife and from this area here in Toledo. Oh. And uh, they were going to be driving back to Toledo. And I was like, well, can I swing a ride with you guys? And this was months after we'd started our little journey. Mm-hmm. And I ended up riding back with them to go meet my dad. Okay. And uh, that's how I ended up coming back back this way is to meet your dad. Meet my dad, you know, which yeah. is kind of a big deal. That That's... <laughs> I just see young Jason staring out the window, driving through the desert, like <laughs> thinking of all the things that you're going to say and all the things that you're going to do with your father once you meet him. Like, it's, oh, it's a yeah. beautiful picture of, of youth and like, you know, just like just uncertainty and like all the beautiful things that come with being young and like and, and exploring and learning. and shit. Like, that's a very beautiful scene to think about. Yeah, it was me. cool. You know, uh, you know, meeting him at already being an adult really mm. you know I'm, he, he, first thing he said to me was uh you're kind of a big dude bud <laughs> you know he's probably maybe like five seven five uh-huh. eight i'm not that big i'm like yeah you know five eleven on like a good day like, if i hang upside down for a little bit <laughs> with your stilettos big on. guy you know yeah. and even then i at skinny jason young jason at 200 pounds which is was is skinny for me you right know? but i'm still you know a pretty big guy but yeah, he ended up getting me a job painting, so I started, uh, he was like, hey, you want a job? Like, first day. I'm like, sure, you know, All you right. want to make some money? I'm like, yeah, so he got me a, a job painting, and then eventually, on and off, you know, through our relationship, showed me how to legit paint houses from oh, wow. all different kinds of... Oh, wow, so he, he, he passed, passed on a, a trade. Yeah, he passed a trade on to me. I, I can paint, I hate painting so much, but nice. I'm so good at it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, if, you know, this whole... Uh, job i have now doesn't work out i could just fall back and be a a painter a commercial alcoholic painter because it comes in hand in hand like was your was your dad a a drinking uh, he he did throughout the most of his younger life just the way you do his voice it sounds like a god like i drink fucking natural ice keystone Keystone. my bad let's let's get it straight never bitter never bitter (laughs) bitch (laughs) well he did he you know he he just drank beer though he stopped drinking liquor years before Mm. Yeah, because uh, he, he saw a problem developing, yeah. and he wanted <laughs> he yeah, wanted to it fix was, it. Definitely, there was a problem involved. Like, but uh, did did you ever have any kind of issues with alcohol? I'm more of like a, a anything is I'm more of like just like a binge drinker. Mm, like so I you I won't pour drink. a weekend away and then or like just a night. Like I'll have uh-huh. a night where I'm just like. Like we we just got back from vacation and I the one night I accidentally drank a fifth of Jameson you know <laughs> straight up though like it was almost accident because I had it we had this cabin and I had it in the freezer and I'm pouring it and I can't see the level going oh, cause down because the, the frost yeah and I'm making mixed drinks with the uh, the white ultra monsters actually and, and ice <laughs> and it's just ice cold. And at one point, I like I get to the bottom, and I shake it, and I'm just like inebriated at this point. And fucking like juice to the tip. Juice. So yeah, I'm like awake because I've drinking almost two and a half monsters at this point. But no, honestly, like I, I've never really had any. Um, did Did you ever have problems with blacking out? No. No, no problems blacking I, out. That's I think that's a problem though. At some points, I I had to remember all the things I did. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, man, I was conscious during like, that. It's like, and I look back, and it makes me feel even more guilty because I could still remember the things I did, you know. Right, which <laughs> means that you could have not did that. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if you remember, it didn't happen. If you don't remember, it didn't happen. If you remember, it's like, shit, then I, I probably could have prevented that. Maybe that's the reason why I've, I, I guess I've never... Uh, like developed any sort of problem with that or anything is because I had to be conscious through all of it. A lot yeah. of puking, though, you know. All the puking. <coughs> well, it's probably good to be conscious puking. But I mean, eventually, like I mean, that's what I mean. Kind of led to you know his passing away. He died at fifty four. Oh wow, very young. young, you know. And yeah. I, I, I'd only really known him for about thirteen years at that point. So I met him when I was twenty one. So, but it was a good relationship. Yeah, we had we had a great relationship, that's and it, it was man. it was more like f- friends because he, yeah. you know, he didn't really wasn't the boss of you, right. you ain't the boss of me what do you what's he gonna but tell you essentially he was my boss at work though because uh. he so like at work he got to be my father essentially mm. like because he could tell me what to do go do that but we you know I w- it was good money for me at the time you know sure. a lot of it was you know brand new houses out on the lakes out there in angola indiana in the summer summertime and the, we're talking nice places man yeah like, people are throwing some high-end high-end uh painting one job in particular, I remember we, um, they owned, well, the, the woman herself was the international spokesperson or something for McDonald's. Oh. <clears throat> and her mother lived next door, and their family had owned it like about 50 plus McDonald's, like somewhere around oh, wow. 50 or so McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And there was a statue <laughs> of Ronald McDonald. <laughs> In the art. And I'm not talking about, like, when you used to go to McDonald's and there was, like, a colorful statue of right. Ronald McDonald. I'm talking about a bronze <laughs> statue. Was there kids, like, at his leg, on his legs, like, holding them with uh, hope in their eyes? Well, I, oddly enough, she had twins, and they had, like, these weird, like, Ronald McDonald-esque dresses that they wore with the socks. She it was so it. weird. It was that so weird, weird, man. That is very. That is devotion. And it was like their summer weekend home, and it. it I think the, <sighs> the place was five point five mil for the whole project in Angola back in then. The, on the uh, lakefront. Yeah, lakefront. Like so. It, I mean, that's the thing about Angola, Indiana, is the population is eight thousand people, but in the summertime it like goes to like twenty five, thirty thousand people. Poor kid, because people vacation on the lake. There's one hundred thirteen lakes in the county. Oh, okay. So there's a lot of lakefront property. Ah, I see. And a lot of money coming in in the summertime. Okay, so there's a, there's a whole like touristy um, economy. The Lakers, you know, the they're like foreigners, you know, coming yeah. into our little town. Did you guys hate them? Yes, locals absolutely. hate them. Locals hate the Lakers. It's a horrible experience. Like, the but is there like so? Is Angola have like a cute little downtown with like antique shops and like oh, yeah. little like art? There's a roundabout with like a war memorial in the center mm-hmm. in the center of town. Yeah, I didn't get that far. <laughs> we just because we just played. Sometime, yeah, just the park right in the inside yeah. of the town. There was, a, we did that like sometime, which recent. is so funny for me that I, like that's a regular gig now, because <laughs> <laughs> I used like to spend so much time at that park as a kid, being just a hoodlum, you know what I mean? Like delinquent, <laughs> a delinquent at that park through our all hours of the night. Like, well, I mean, anyway. what else are you gonna do? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> in angle, no, I, I, I had a similar thing. It was like, uh, well, in Jasper, there wasn't much to do, and I mean, my parents just left me and my sister to our own devices. And you're talking about like a six or seven year old with full access to an entire little township. Like my sister would just go and smoke cigarettes with her friends and hang out with like the creepy twenty five year old guy who was oh, trying to yeah. fuck them, and like, and she's like twelve, mm. you know. So like, there, it's like. Uh, it was just very – most people, when they think of their childhood, they don't go, oh, God. <laughs> and, you know, like yeah. – which is 
shitty that that's how I feel when I think about my childhood, where you're just like, ugh. Jesus, to feel a little gross. Yeah, this is yeah, like I Jasper. Like uh, I equated <clears throat> to um uh, a baloney, like a cheap baloney, and like the cheap, you know, like uh, single cheeses, the, mm. the American cheese, on like white bread, smashed, smashed with ketchup, and like that. I mean, like, if you could get chips on it, though, you know, if you I could think get chips, chips on it, would there. be a step up. I can smash the chips on it a little bit, right? Give it a little texture because really all you're doing is eating mush and just mushing mm. up mush. I definitely had my fair share of bologna. I used to eat chip dip a lot growing up. Oh, just yeah. eat the chip dip. The ranch stuff? Just eat it. Yeah. With well, a spoon. My dad, well, my dad <laughs> had this clever idea of once you get to the bottom of the bag of chips, you just crunch those up and you mix it with the dip. And, and you get the rest of it. Yeah, and you just eat it like fucking work on that fucking 40-year-old 40, 40 heart attack as, mm. as a young child. Um. Okay, that's sweet. So you were painting and shit. So then, uh, so then, how did they know your wife? And because you said something <coughs> about your wife. So with those. when we met him out in Tempe, Arizona, and she was with them. No, she was not with them. She was still living here. We're not actually in Toledo. We're in Lambertville, Michigan. Right. But it's. I mean, I can look over and I can see Toledo right there, though. Yeah. So that's how. It's right outside. Yeah, we're right outside of Toledo. And which I and I also love that there's like a fireworks store right over the oh, fucking right over juniors the there. Get your fireworks here. Take them back to your state. <laughs> back and blow to Toledo up. and blow them up. It's funny because my wife, being from Southern California, where uh, fireworks are highly illegal because they're incendiary oh, and they yeah. burn your everything. And um. I used to fight forest fires, too, by the way. I'm very aware of... Uh, what the fuck? When was this? Was this before or after the Eugene stuff? Uh, this was starting in the in Eugene, because that's where I started doing it, and then I went back. How do you just start fighting fires? <coughs> well... It's uh, like you see a house on fire, and you just start throwing buckets of water, and then they're like, hey, you, come on. It's forest fires. Uh, so there's contract companies that work through the... Uh, Oh, for a service. So you can forgo like like training from a government. But you still have to go. There was like three weeks of like classroom training that we had to sit through oh. unpaid. And then there was like a physical test you had to pass well, which was all that was was you have to carry this 45-pound bag of sand three miles in less than 45 minutes, basically. Oh, okay. Not bad. Which is not bad. You know, a young it's man, it was easy. pretty easy to, yeah. you know, maybe uh, for if me, you can't do that. If you can't do that, then you can't come out in the woods right. with us, basically. Which you should, yeah, if you can't do that, you shouldn't be in the woods trying to put out fires. But, yeah, we'd heard, you know, that they did that, and then me and my one friend uh, went and was it was it fires. a was it a monetary thing or was it a like I want to give back or was it I want to give back and a monetary thing or was it none of those? It was monetary probably, and it was like something I could get behind, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they would just pretty much gave anybody the job, like ah. So I ended up doing it one summer, going back, uh, meeting my dad and everything, and then going back and doing it a full summer. Like I I did it like a few times before it was like three runs or whatever they yeah. call it but the next next summer i came back and did it i spent an entire summer and i wasn't oh, paying yeah. rent anywhere because we're staying in tents at like local baseball diamonds and yeah. wh- wherever the they've wherever got the, the camp was. they've got a camp set up for us and then they'd shuttle us to the fire in the morning wow. and then we'd go do our well, deed did you have any close calls at all or was it i never got blown over um luckily that what that means is when the ground fire comes and covers over you they basically give you this uh it's a we call them potato sacks, but it's like that emergency blanket stuff, mm-hmm. mylar with, or something. Yeah, with a like a thin ceramic 
inlay, and then that's what keeps the temperature same in the inside and reflects the temperature on the outside. Gotcha. And you take your hand tool and you basically dig a little hole and then deploy. How do you do that in like the matter of like seconds? There's an I you you'll kind of know when it's coming. You're just like, like oh the, shit! The, it's a wind shift thing, you oh. know, and. Uh, Honestly, though, one of the coolest jobs I've ever had. Like, you know, there was a couple times our detail was to just hold, hold line, hold hotline at night mm. on like an old logging road, and we're basically making sure the fire over here. It's it's perfect weather for fire. We want this forest to burn because once it burns, it's not burning anymore. Right. And we we actually sent guys in to back burn all the brush and everything oh, as yeah. well. And we just sat there and made sure no coals or any embers went over to the other side. And God if they did, we put them out. And so, you know, biggest campfire I've ever been to, you know, mountainside, <laughs> Oregon, mountainside campfire. watching the woods burn. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. I mean, but it, at other times it was, I mean, it's some brutal work, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, you're fucking like, like fighting a fire in a house is scary. But like when your entire like environment is completely consumed and engulfed mm. in flames, that's a, that's a different thing. Because I feel like a house, you can just step away from a house, but like a forest fire that shit will fucking chase you down, man. That'll <coughs> oh, hog yeah. you down, and fucking you have to dig it a little hole and put mylar on yourself. Honestly, like building fires are, are way more sketchy. Like to be inside a building with multiple floors, mm. like that's way more dangerous. Than you think so? Oh yeah. Like, I guess you would know better than me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just like the way that the oxygen works and everything. Like you can, to a degree, predict how the forest fire is mm-hmm. gonna react there's a lot of science behind it and you know just where the wind is coming from and, yeah you know with and it's a very military operation as well mm. i mean it's not just like here are 20 people out you know there'd be eight nine hundred people out on the fire and in a whole hierarchy yeah. you know crew commanders right and they're all meeting in the morning and you've got guys that are constantly monitor- monitoring weather and yeah. wind patterns you're going to war baby you're yeah going to war. essentially <clears throat> but yeah i got into that i got so, into uh, it so did you ever do any of that around here uh, no, not around here. I just guess there's not a lot of forest fires around here, right? Right. It's a little too moist. So, yeah, there was, like, a whole time frame where I kind of bounced over here, worked for my dad for a little bit, mm. and hung out, and then I was, like, saved money, and then I'm like, all right, I'm going back out west. That's uh, that's awesome. And uh, that freedom is amazing. You know, I still uh, still played music and stuff. I, I played in a band here for a while. It was just a bunch of friends got together, and we played a couple benefits. But, uh you know, I, at that point, I was trying to, like, go solo after the <laughs> Cancer Moon thing. I, like, made a CD, Ooh. like, my quote of my first CD. Is any of that still around? I have it on my old iBook somewhere. I do. It's not on the internet, though. Damn it! I can, I can, I can make you privy to some of this information. Well, I mean, I want to play it. I do. I've, uh, it's all you know stuff I wrote too, but it's mostly acoustic singer songwriter type stuff. You know. Do you do you? I mean, if do you think that you listen to it now, you'd cringe, or do you think you'd be like, oh, that's not bad. Some I of mean, the songs for a are kid. Pretty, yeah. Some of the songs are pretty good. I, I mean, I'm I'm twenty some at this point. You know? Yeah. You you got you got some miles under you. I had some miles under me. You got and, a song uh, or two in you. Right.
yeah, you know, I basically tried to sell, take this around and sell it, and but I don't were know. Were you trying to take it around? No, were you in out Angle? west? And oh, you're trying to go out. I went back. I, yeah. I kept going back out west. So you'd be like, hey, I'm for hire, or you're just trying to get banned? Like, what were you, what was your? I was still busking, like. I play on this play on the street and singing and yeah. stuff, but in Eugene, yeah, I'd, I'd always end up back to Eugene. But would you where where would you bus? Is it by the like fountain in in that little square there? Yeah, it really wasn't that great in Eugene. Like honestly, like yeah, I had to the coast was the best. Dude, fucking Eugene sucked for us, and we had a cute little baby with us. But I knew people in Eugene too, so I could kind of yeah, sponge off of them. Too. <laughs> I also went out there for a glass. Uh, Glass blowing uh, apprenticeship as well, and then so you also blow glass. I did. I don't. I. I mean, I. I still get the basics of it. But uh, can, Pyrex. Yeah, Pyrex. Hmm. You know, Bob Snodgrass and all those people out there. It's pretty. Uh, that's like the B- Snodgrass is the guy who started blowing glass on Dead Tour. It was like the first oh. known Pyrex blower or whatever. But gotcha. Yeah, you know, music. It all tied back to music eventually, but. The one summer I fought forest fires all summer, didn't pay rent, and like I ended up at the end of the summer with like fourteen grand in my bank Damn. account, and, and I'm just like, you know, single, like I don't got nothing else to do. We, had, me and some friends, rented a house in Bend, Oregon for a while. Oh, okay. Snowboarded. Yeah. Like I didn't really work much, like, <laughs> but I did. I recorded a rap album at one point. Oh shit! Is that still exist? That is not on the internet either, but it is. Still in existence. Damn. That is on the iBook as well. Damn. You see, Mike, you know, young Jason, there was, you know, there was like a few career op- options for me. Like, first <laughs> off, I wanted to be a pro wrestler, and that really never worked out for me. I wasn't big <laughs> enough, you know. We're talking young Jason. Then I was like, maybe I could just be like a dope rapper. <laughs> I mean, if Eminem can do it. But then, you know, I just settled on just being a musician, I guess, as a. I'm trying to say rappers aren't musicians. Well, you know. <laughs> I do, I do. Well, yeah, I recorded, I recorded this really, I'm not going to say it's a good album because it's really not that good, but it's fun, you know. The the concept still remains. I want, I, I just, if you have time, because I know you're a busy man, you have three children, a wife, <laughs> a full-time job, and a music career. Um, I want to know, or it, 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 within the next two weeks before this comes out, if, if, Older, refined Jason can go and time warp back to younger Jason <laughs> and, and and take and get those songs off that book, that MacBook, and email them to me so I can insert them here. <laughs> that would be uh, at least greatest. a clip. I'll, I'll I'll be like careful okay. of what clips I send. To, well, whatever. Bad. If if you get a chance. If not, who cares? Check it out, here she comes, y'all. Wiggity wackity ass rhyme styling, shopping a mind with filing of a new resource and course with creation. Space station island kicking it and styling profiling. To all the cuties, come on, shake your booties in the shakedown, stomping ground, slowly, girly, spinning round and round, swirling and a twirling in a skirt like an umbrella. Giving eyes to a fella so free, like infinity with infinite possibility. Here he comes. Grooving through the crowd to the music, pumping loud, just kicking it, you know, checking the scene and digging it. His eyes on the girly, spinning and comes little Miss Swirly. She got her eyes on him, he got his eyes on her for sure. So we dance in her direction, feeling a connection. She feels him coming closer, like posing like a poser. She finds him cute, skeety, 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 scooty. Swirl twirls his way, no burst this way, but body lingues, stick shaking the hips with the arms fully 
pressed and all the rest. More to explore when my rose to your smile. It's been a while, move slow with that flow. Embrace, set the pace and move so soft, so smooth. With the motion like the ocean, you love poaching. Intoxicating, lubricating, a sense of connection. A section with direction and roll your moan. Slide on a ride, lips locked. We rock all night in the moonlight. Feels right to say love. I remember I had this one whole rap about uh, my this Toyota Corolla that I had <laughs> that that didn't go it wouldn't go in reverse. Right. So and uh, you had to push start it too. I think <laughs> like one of the r- rhymes was like, "Hey girls, you want to ride in my Corolla? Well, I need gas money, so give me a quarter." Oh <laughs> yes, yes, young Jason, yes, young Jason. There, I chan I channeled some for you there. I liked it. I loved it actually. That- hey girls, you want to ride in my Corolla? <laughs> I need gas money, it, it, so give me a quarter. Okay, so like that, and that's still how you rap, which is well, fun. It's, it was clowning, you know, it was definitely clowning. So it was a yeah. funny thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was okay, to be so funny. it wasn't like serious, no, like no. a fucking the was, next slim. It was self deprecating, you know. I was like that's, uh, making fun of me driving this Corolla around. Right? I, having those piece of shit cars and trying and trying your luck with women are great. I have this. I had me and my buddy one time were going to Pearson Park to just ride bikes or something stupid. And my dad had this old piece of shit Ford, which was a stick shift, but the stick shift sucked. And I wasn't good at driving it yeah. anyway. But you know how, like, if you come in kind of hot, like, it'll lurch forward and then stall, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I did that pulling into a parking spot. And uh, there's a girl getting out of her car, getting her, like, running. She's stretching and shit. And I come pulling up and it bounces for it and it goes and it just shuts down and and i look over to the girl she's just looking i was like what the fuck i'm like what's up girl (laughs) and she fucking died laughing because at that point what do you get where are you gonna go from there like other than acknowledging how ridiculous you are in your meant to do that sup baby and turned out it was one of my really good friends ex-girlfriend and i mean i had no chance i had no shot but like it was still like an in if i would have like maybe pursued it maybe we could have became friends and you know she could have awkwardly brushed me off when i went too far and tried to become her boyfriend (laughs) and got possessive and you know started showing up at her house that night but that's not what happened we just you know it could have it could easily. That was my end. I could have easily became her stalker way before <laughs> Facebook. You know, um, back when you had to go to somebody's house, right? You when, know? when you had to look their fucking number up in the phone book and find their address and right stare at them through their windows at night. <laughs> uh, and anyway, yeah. Anyways, so so okay. So glass blowing, your professional wrestler that that fizzled early. Uh, did you even try to do f- no, that? No, no, no. That was, was just like one of like, those. We're talking like seven-year-old <laughs> at, at this point, like, you know. And, and you were into the the WWF and the WCW shit. And oh, yeah. I mean, I watched a lot of wrestling when I was a kid. and I loved that stuff, too. It was fun. Um, it's fun. closure. Do you my, still it's like my, it? It's my dirty secret. It's Dir- your soap opera. Dirty, dirty secret. I think you've told me that before. I do. I still. <laughs> you did tell me that. I still watch pro wrestling. Like, That's right. Who's your guy now? Who's your guy? Not really. Uh, I, I think I'm more interested. Hold on, this plane's flying over. Yeah, we'll um, we'll um, work it out. I think I'm more so into the production. Yeah. Of what's going and on. Storyline. Well, it's insane. Like to think of that, it, it's a live 
show. Yeah. You know? And it's not only live for the people that are there in the stadiums that they're filling up. It's live on television yeah, for Night millions Raw. of people, yeah. you know. And I think that's more so, like, I think the the show itself is yeah. what I'm mostly. And the pageantry, the explosions. Right. They're like live, they're like live stuntmen, essentially. Right. And, and which, uh, which is incredible. Like, cause that I mean, like they're performing in front. Of, they screw up sometimes, you course. know. Of course, and and they are fake. Well, yeah, well, no those shit. We know fucking, it's fake. There's real injuries, and motherfucking who was the Sean? Something he fell to his death. What was his name? Oh, Owen Hart. Yeah. Was it Owen Hart? Yeah. When his brother was Michael Hart. No, his uh, Bret Hart was his Bret brother. Bret Hart. Yeah. Yep, yeah, he fell he, from uh, the rafters. The scaffolding. Or you know, doing stunts yeah. for this live show. That right. was actually, you know, that was, that was a pay-per-view that was live. Was People that People were paying for it, and wow. they cut out, but they do like a 15-second. Oh, yeah, yeah. You a know, feed, in case something crazy So happens. they can cut it if they need to, and that's what they, and I think I remember, I think I saw it, too, because they blacked out all the lights, right? And then he fell, and didn't they keep the lights blacked out? Well, then out? they come oh. back on, they're like, there's been an unfortunate incident, oh, yeah. and then, like, later on, they found out that he died in the... Like he what he did, he fell down and his neck caught the ring rope oh and just kind of snapped his snapped his neck basically. That's just so fucking sad. But it, anyways, yes, yeah. let's not talk about wrestling. Like it's a dirty secret. <laughs> it's not so much a secret that I. No, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> All fucking two thousand people who will eventually hear that hear this. Like everyone, <laughs> they're just picturing me like in my room. Nobody else is around and it's dark and I'm just watching wrestling. Meanwhile, you know. Okay. I'm in the basement at my mom's house. So I don't have I don't live in my mom's house. I have my own house, just so everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I live at my mom's house. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but if you watch wrestling in your mom's basement, I might And you're thirty eight. <laughs> um, there might be an issue. Or maybe you live with your mom because you take care of her and this is your venting time. Yes. And so you yes. go and anyway, so okay. So, so yeah. Where where rap are we album, at? you know you, you, you rap album. <laughs> Which and it's super dope. It, I mean, just so you know, I can, like, I can, you don't even I know. Can I, I can still bust out most all the rhymes on okay, that. Okay, let's go. Let's 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 do a cipher. Because mm-hmm. whenever I have rappers on, I do a cipher. So here, hold on. We're gonna do a drum beat, and you're gonna kick a rhyme. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Uh, I'll take this. I'll be like. Windows of reception, my perception's clear. Now as the gears pass, I'm gaming past the glass. What makes you happy straight keeps you sane on this plane. Existence is an intense training. No complaining now, so many straining now. But somehow we're gonna push on through these trials and denials. Give thanks for this daily bread that feeds our heads. Straight lyrical thoughts, theoretical thoughts, spiritual shots. Project prayer, protect and the sacred union. Helical reunion of the past and the present. Incandescent shades of shadows shows light grows. Love grows inside, outside shines. Energy lines and grids healing scrapes and skids. Wanna feed the kids truth with proof. Simple solutions to earthly pollutions. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, I like it. Snaps, snaps. I can't believe you just got me to rap but on that's, this podcast. But I mean, at any given night of the week, you could see you rapping, fucking I'm, in front of people at a bar. That's true. Yeah, I <laughs> so. guess. I, I guess I do throw in some rap. It. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, we do a, play a Leonard Skinner song and then play a rap song. You know, <laughs> it's a good. It's a dynamic. Uh, it's a dynamic group of songs. It's it's fun. I it's one of the things that attracted me when Zach uh, sent me the song list. I'm like, oh, I like this. I like yeah. this. It's I Al Green. I was like, oh shit! Don't get me started on the Reverend. Yeah, nobody uh, expects to see that one. I, w- I want to do uh, 
Take Me to the River, Al Green Take style. Take Me to the River. Took my money, my cigarettes. <laughs> you know? Ooh, watch out. <laughs> I don't even know what Take me to the river. <laughs> yeah. I love those songs that like kind of sound like the original. It's the same chords and everything, but it's just like completely different feel. You're just like, all right, oh, yeah. I got you, I got you. Al Green is the original, though. I'm pretty... Is it, he? No. Because Levon Helm did it, but I'm pretty sure Al Green was the... Oh, was he? Yeah. Excuse me? Because me, I had a buddy of me, I think we got into it. We'll follow up on this. We can we can Google that shit right now. Who wrote fucking... Who wrote Take Me to the River? Let's see. Let, well, I'll ask. Well, I know... You know who to, wrote Take Me to the River? You hooker. You fucking hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Who? Sorry, Daddy. <laughs> wow, things are getting heated. Are you and heat Siri got a thing going on over hey, here. Hey Siri, who wrote "Take Me to the River"? Timmy Hodges and Al Green composed the Al Green song "Take Me to the River." Uh. All right, you you uh, you win a popsicle. Popsicles. Al Green, baby. Oh. So, so okay. it was covered a lot, though. Okay. Take Me to the River was covered a, a lot. Oh, Tina no. Turner, Levon Helm. Yeah. If you look into it, there's so many people. There's a lot, yeah. It. You know what? I thought that was a cover. I was just like, oh, this is an interesting cover, and that's... Okay. Sweet. Well, I feel good. I've learned something. And Okay, so... We've moved. We've, we've grown. We have, together. Together. With you with, with that sriracha with shirt, then too. This is a nice sriracha. I shirt. love that sriracha shirt. I, I, my daughter got me this for me. For I've been eye fucking that thing this whole time. So it's, I just like it because it's got just a big cock on the <laughs> Huge dick. I mean, cock. anyway, <clears throat> dick. I had to take it there. <laughs> yeah. So you were okay. So let's kind of like move a little forward. So like, what what took you here in this area here? So met my wife through those kids that I'd met out there. We you know we'd started talking and we were friends for a few years and then eventually we both ended up single mm-hmm. and we were staying in contact via email and we started you know meeting up and uh, eventually she moved in with me at, uh, in, in Indiana we were staying at an apple orchard and she was here she was in Columbus at Ohio at the time actually oh, <clears throat> so she was in the, into she lived that whole here, hippie thing then, too yeah she she went off on her own journey and whatnot and her hippie adventures but long story short <laughs> we made a baby <laughs> uh but that's not too long ago because your son uh, how old's your son he's 12 oh okay so it was so it was, I, he was born in 06 so this you know we we got together in 04 okay uh, about seven eight months later got pregnant and then uh, we lived in angola for a while but um uh, she, you know she wanted to live here She's from here. She's from here. She's okay. from Lambertville, and then we ended up moving here, which has r- really worked out for the better being in this area. And that's where yeah. we've been for the last, well, since 07, 2007 is when I moved back here. Like, do you think if you would have stayed in Angola, like, wh- what do you think would have been different about your life now? I, I, I know we were just, we opened up with not staying in the past, but like, I, I just opportunities, you know, it's a very limited, uh, opportunities in in the small small areas like that i'm not saying toledo is you know is huge and but there are a lot of opportunities here and i yeah i I can see that there's more of a there's more options here than in angola yeah not a whole lot of places to work and so on and so forth but and i think musically it was probably better that i ended up here as Mm -hmm. well 
Yeah, in Angola, is there like uh like that one factory that most everybody in town works at? There's a few, There's but a it's few. hard to like get into places. It's like a who you know, and there's mm. the at one point the unemployment rate was so high. Mm in the areas that it was hard to get into places because if you had a job you kept your job Hell you know yeah. what i mean yeah so. yeah totally man i mean not too long ago here it was like that right i mean yeah toledo got hit really hard like it was 2008 yeah it was really bad I, i'm lucky to have gotten into the place that i got into when i did here yeah was it before the collapse or after uh it was Oh, well, it was been 07 is when I got in here. So oh, okay, so it was like right before. Right before everything hit the fan, but yeah. we still did well uh, throughout that whole time frame. We make solar panels at yeah. the place I work, so I can say that, I think. Yes, I think, I think so. I think you can. But uh, Without too many eyebrow raises. So, yeah, we mo- you know we moved here, and then it was all about, you know, living and trying to, like, make a, make our life here. You right. Know? You know, we ended up buying this place here, and then... Uh, but and you know at this point I'm just like, it's messed around with my guitar still. But it was just like on the back burner at this point. Like yeah, you have a family now. I have a family. Like, but uh, I ended up getting contacted by an old friend, and he was like, hey, you know, you want to jam? And uh, that's kind of how I started getting back into playing music. Mm-hmm. We started playing, and then we started a, a jam band around that. It would have been about 2010. We start. I started. We started a jam band here in uh, the Toledo area. And what was the name of that band? It was the Happy Little Trees. Oh, someone brought that up. Yeah, you, maybe uh, Jason Ram played in uh, Happy Little Trees. Oh, okay, so you played with Jason. Or no, 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 it was, it was a- after me and the... Uh, basically, after me and the other guitar player left the band, Jason came in and took over for oh, us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, right on. And then, so... so because I know I've been talking, because I've been talking to some jam bands lately, so I was just, I always, I've been asking about, like, when I left here, the music scene, I left here because I had nothing really, off, I, I felt like nothing was, I could get anything out of the city. Yeah. I, I made what my escape. 2006. Okay. So, like. So, like, basically right before the jam band scene started back well, up here well, in that area. Well, kind like, of. yeah, because, like, hookah was around, like, 2001 and shit. Were you into those guys, too? Oh, you yeah, man. I've been to plenty of hookahvilles. And hookahvilles. Yeah, at one point, hookahville was our Grateful Dead, you know? It was right, like, exactly. this is never going to end. This right. Is, this is it, you Like, know? 2000, 2001, those fucking, sh- yeah, totally. You know, Ed, Cliff, Johnny, uh, Dave, Sweeney. Sweeney. Oh, you know, I mean, it was. Uh, Sweeney. But, like, for me, that, that was, like, the only game in town when I left. Right. And they were on their way kind of out because I think Ed had already kind of split. Ed had left. John McMullins came back in. Oh, yeah. And then it was still cool. But then I think yeah. once, I think once like, Cliff got ousted. Mm-hmm. Did like, he get ousted? Was that the word on the street? Uh, well, he left the band. We'll just say he left the band. I don't want to get into logistics because I – do you have an insider? I, I do. I mean, you know, I've Cliff stayed at my house a couple times, so. Oh, okay, okay. So we, we, we used to bring uh, one of his former bands, uh, or later bands, Adam's Ale, into town. Oh, okay. So uh, we'd have them come, and but super cool dude. Cliff's a super cool guy. Okay, so you can't really go into why he left. Yeah, right? it's it's complicated. It was complicated. Do you know, can you say why Ed left? Because I've always wondered, like, I... There's I'm a lot of rumors, though, about why. I think it mostly was just money. Like, that. I mean, that's, you know, what I've d- assumed from it, but it I don't It always boils down to that, right? Just some right. money shit or, or ego. It's but always, ego... You remember when, like, all, all that stuff got removed from... Like, you can't... Yeah, get, you can't iTunes. Get a, you can't get any I, Ed stuff on iTunes iTunes, yeah. Like, it's not on Spotify. Yeah, nothing. he took it all down, and I guess that would be... 
a good indicator that money was but the issue. Wh- why can't we? I want to hear that stuff, man. I Alexander know. And, you know Alexander. Like Alexander. I always bring up Alexander. And, and like they're doing that Hookahville this year. I was thinking about going just because they're doing the original lineup. Yeah. Well, not the original, but the 2.0 lineup. Exactly. Yeah. But like that to me is like the pinnacle of Hookah. Like what they were. Like and what what they like their biggest moments were of that lineup. They've stayed. I mean, honestly, like Hookah still brings the crowd. You know, of course. Like, here in Toledo, you know, it's I mean, it's not like what it used to be. Right. I don't. You remember the first Hookah show I went to was at the Hard Hat, which yeah I was headliners that. or whatever they called it yeah. after that, and. Dude, it was packed asses to elbows. I mean, front to back. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you had to struggle to get a dance spot up, you right. know, front, and you know, and then to go, you know, go into smaller clubs. But they'll still bring, you know, yeah, 150, 200 people to a show. You know. Yeah, but then you see like how. Well, it's, it's just interesting to me to see like at their peak they were bringing like Rat Dog and like you know huge huge acts to well, they had Bob be- Weir. You know, they had Bob Weir sitting with them in 99. Right. Which was, I mean, I, w- I didn't go to my first Hookahville, though, until uh, it was one oh two. I think I was Because o- I was out west. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, I'd come back, and I that's how I kind of stayed on the scene or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. But, I mean, that's the thing is you'd go to down for hookah at hookahville and those people are there for hookah and there was mm-hmm. i don't even know how many people were there Ten thousand, mm-hmm. right there was, you know, a it was lot insane and everybody was. came down to see hookah you yeah know? everybody yeah everybody came what to are see they hookah. gonna do and all know? the other yeah exactly what what, uh, what cover are they gonna do you know like, yeah what what what's what's gonna be in the set like, yeah totally like the whole thing like it was like a little microcosm of you know what the dead started so long ago yeah and uh yeah so that was like when I left, they were still, you know, doing their thing, but not as much as they were. And then so, so to come, you know, coming back now, it seems like it's a little bit more recent than more than like it's been building. Well, it's steam. been up and down. Like so, you, um, you know, you had Boogie played for a while. Boogie, Matrix, whatever. Yeah, Boogie Matrix. I mechanism. hear about them all the time. Yeah, they were very prominent in mm-hmm. the, the area. Like they started in two thousand seven, and then they. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they were pulling, you know, up to 500 people to a show at times. Mickey Finn's just packed asses yeah. to elbows, God, you I know. I miss Mickey Finn. That was yeah, a good venue. I love Mickey. Yeah, in the middle we of played, the we, we, I did get to play there a couple times with Happy Little Trees. It was awesome. Did, do you remember Pat? Yeah. He's, yeah. He still does sound for uh, Martini and Newsies, I guess. Where the fuck is that? There's like two of them. I'd have to, I think that it's Whatever. the one he does is in Sylvania, but he works at Heights Guitars. Oh. Yeah, Pat works at Heights Guitars. Dude, so. Pat, I love Pat. It, like, Great I, sound guy. He was awesome and very patient. <laughs> yeah. But, like, still rude when he, like, sound guide rude. If he had to be. If he had to be, he was still had that, like, oh, I'm a sound guy. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> I know something you don't. Um, no, I, I miss Pat. Yeah, so, okay, so Boogie Matrix kind of moved in, and, and then, I don't know. I mean, like, Toledo general, in Toledo proper, they were just sort of running the gambit. And, I mean, because Stonehouse came in s- after that, right? Well, I mean, Stonehouse has been around for a while. Um, real good players. And, uh, I mean, they're still together. Yeah, yeah, they still do, like, monthly gigs. Boogie was more of a, I, I wouldn't even call them a really a Toledo act. They were regional. You oh, know? okay. Like, they, you know, they played all over Ohio and up mm. into Michigan, and they would mostly do, like, a, they do a lot, like, a local show every now and again, and mm. it was always a really, you know, pretty big deal. Yeah. And, but then they did a lot of festivals, Nelson yeah. Ledges, and awesome. a lot of different r- regional festivals and stuff. All right. But uh, killer players, you know, mm. just real fun, like, real fun music. 
Yeah. So, so I mean, wh- what what I'm seeing is is like you had like Boogie Matrix, and then you have like kind of Stonehouse, and maybe a few other ones. But now you have like, there's probably like what about five or six bands, like active bands or something right now in Toledo. Like jam, like you're talking jam, jam bands. band. I'm just talking jam band now. I'm not. I'm yeah. I'm not. I'm back in like Toledo scene, whatever, however it was. Like I'm just talking jam, the jam seed. Um. I, well, I mean, it's just interesting to me, like, coming back here after all these years, that there is, like, something going on here. And right. It, and it's interesting. And, like, I I, I, I I, just, I'm just curious about it because, I don't know. For me, I always look at it from the 2006 mic where it's, like, I got to get out of here. But, like, it's nice to come back to, like, surprises, you know, like, finding Easter eggs and, and coming right. back. Because I, I wasn't excited about coming back here. Um well, I mean, the thing about that kind of stuff, too, like, I love the, like, the jam music and everything. It's such a, I don't want to say small community, though. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a, definitely, like, a small town Yeah, it's community. a niche thing, anyway. You know, it's n- definitely a niche, like, uh, and, the, you know, we, the, ba- the band I play in now that you play in now as yeah. well, Green Acre Sessions, we, I mean, we jam, right. but at the same time, we do things to get gigs at, right. at other establishments because, the goal is to play for people, yeah, right, and and it's so, it's so hit or miss at times in Toledo. It seems like to do a jam show, right? Like the, it, it's all depending on well, what else is going on. There might be the CDM show going over here. There might be Umphreys might be in Detroit, or yeah, s- s- you know, s- Dopapod might be playing somewhere. You know what I mean? It's 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 that. But every now and again, you know, you get like there's nothing. You know, there's you get a good good turnout. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. So you know, it, we've kind of branched out with this this band. Well, it's kind of odd how this band came to. Yeah, well, Drew told me that he met you guys on Craigslist, but he didn't. Well, really go go, it kind of. I mean, I guess it all goes back to Happy Little Trees as well. Okay. So, I ended my relationship with the Happy Little Trees because that's what it is when you're in a yeah, yeah. when you're in a band with somebody. A like marriage, I, yeah. And me and the guitar player started another. Was it a bad band. take? Was it a bad? breakup yeah you just weren't cool with it, it was wasn't working like it, it wasn't working different people had different goals and yeah. i think you know when you when you work with a group of people like that you have to have similar goals and expectations of what you're trying to get out of this right relationship or mm. this band you know because it's a it, it, it's a business relationship as well and uh, i know it's it's hard for some people to see things as a as a business but right. at the same time for me if if you don't see it from a business aspect, it's disrespectful, in my opinion, to people that are making their living as mm. musicians. If you'll just show up and play for nothing, yeah. Well, then you, that you're setting a bar to, you know, you're now all of a sudden, you know, these people that'll play for nothing are, you know, getting these gigs from venues because mm. the venue can be like, well, I can pay these guys yeah. nothing and they'll be just come play. Yeah, you know? and then we'll have entertainment for free. Well, okay, so there's nothing wrong, I think, when you're getting your feet wet in like a scene or something to do free gigs because yeah, you don't absolutely. know what the fuck you're doing and so why should someone pay you for not knowing what the fuck it's kind of like when people are angry about like mcdonald's paying so low it's well you're just pushing buttons dude it's like I, right and that's a whole nother political conversation i'm just trying to say like when I you're you entry level into something you shouldn't be paid at this a point, bunch of money for an entry level 
I'm saying as an entry level musician as well. Right. People who've been grinding and working for years, and doing band stuff, doing solo stuff, working and working and working, building something. Mm. It's tough for to, them to go out and play free. It's tough to start over again. It is. So we got to a point with Happy Little Trees where we were getting paid gigs, mm-hmm. and it was a problem for somebody in the band. And then and I was just like, at the point, I was just sick of fighting about it, and I was just yeah. like, whatever. And this, you know, we had some other scenarios that were lingering, and we just broke up. Me and the guitar player started another band called Jive Bomb. Okay. And we did that for a while, and that was went really well. Like mm. Jive Bomb was a fun band. Uh, um, you know, found a drummer and a bass player, uh, local guys. Mm. But then eventually the bass player ended up having a really bad drinking problem. <laughs> and uh, it was better if he – because, I mean, obviously you don't want somebody with a drinking problem going to bars and playing bars like you're playing. It's um, if, if they can't control it's that. It's you know what I mean? It's – this is what I always tell people about myself, and I'm going to talk about myself again and it's interrupt fine. your yeah. story to talk about myself. But I always tell people, it's like, I became a musician when I quit drinking. Yeah. Which was not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you can't keep uh, you can't keep relationships. You're constantly burning bridges. You're mm-hmm. constantly fucking things up. People are get sick of that. And yeah. so here you are. You're you're sick of the bass player. Well, we... It w- fucking up. You know, I'm not... Like, as you can see, I'm not like breaking names or anything no and you're not like bitter or being like fuck that guy it was just a situation you know like we played we uh headlined frankie's one night Mm -hmm. which was a big deal for us like oh you know headlining frankie's it's toledo you know yeah well frankie's i mean i don't know it doesn't carry i I feel like it doesn't really carry the same cachet but maybe that's me my projection at the time it seemed like a big deal at the time i mean what is this when is this this was probably actually only like four years ago oh okay so it was after they reopened and stuff yeah they closed uh, down and frankie's is an institution here which had to come back after being shut down so many times but we did a jam (laughs) show there and uh he started drinking that night. We didn't know it. Oh, like, and he, and he, this, guy's, this guy's married with a few kids, you know. Uh. And, uh, you know, nine days later, well, a week later, his wife calls us like, hey, just so you know, he's been on a binger oh. in, since that show at Frankie's. He's been doing nothing but drinking and sleeping, waking up and drinking. He hasn't eaten in a couple days. Jesus. And, uh, you know, me and the drummer went and, uh, well, he went and got him out of the bar and you know, I'm like at this time, what do you do? You know, we didn't we didn't know. So I'm like calling like hotlines, trying to figure out what to do. Wow. And because uh, so essentially, we took him to the ER mm-hmm. and and convinced him to check himself in to yeah. the ER. Wow. And uh, that's how we you know at that point got sobered up. They hooked him up with IVs. He it, it, he was such bad shape, man. It was so bad. Like, and so at that point, we needed to find a. We knew we were probably gonna have to find a new bass player. Yeah. Right? Um, we, we, he agreed that it's probably not the best situation for him and his family to be coming to bars if he can't control himself. Right. And he agreed to leave the group and I put a Craigslist ad up and that's how I met Zach. Oh, okay. And well, I interviewed Zach. Zach's going to be listening to this. (laughs) I interviewed him. I interviewed him. I called him and I, uh, basically like I drilled him like. Like, you know, what do you do for a living? Uh, when did you start playing music? Why did you start playing music? Oh, shit. Like, well, it basically just, I, you know, do I want this guy? Do I want you in my house? Right. <laughs> Should we even get that far to invite you in yeah, to even show up? And he came and he tried out with me and, uh, me and the drummer, who's now the drummer for Funk Factory. 
Oh, Justin. whatever that guy's name is. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, and we were just like, yeah, this guy. And yeah. our guitar player wasn't there, but we both agreed at the time. We're like, you're in. Yeah. I mean, you played with Zach. Zach's solid, you know, right. solid bass. So. And uh, Zach is solid. Yeah. If you guys don't know Zach, which I'm going to try to get his ass on here. I got to hog him down and. Because between jet setting around the country or world or whatever, Dude, and he's playing his music. Uh, international salesmaning, fucking or inventor guy, inventing his kitchen gadgets. I, which is awesome. <laughs> like I, I just I love that. But yeah, you know, so we started jamming with Zach, and then that fizzled apart. You know, everybody just it's like we we wanted the things the music to be tight. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, like we we stopped like practicing and stuff, and like we still needed to tighten up and. It, it just got bad, and uh, you know we're sitting there at practice, me and Zach, and it was just me and him who showed up. I like up. that you did air quotes, like I, practice. Air practice. <laughs> because we were sitting there and nobody else showed up. Oh, it was okay. just me and Zach, right. <clears throat> and and at that point, you know, we talked and we were like, all right, we need to. Obviously, we see who's here and who's not. We need to move into another direction. Yeah. And then that's when uh, the guitar player of the band decided to step away for medical issues. Mm. And we were just like, you know what? Let's just be done with this and figure out what we're going to do here. Yeah. And then me and him started practicing music, you know, like just doing a lot of practicing basically. Then, um, original vision for it was just to make videos like a postmodern jukebox type, like just make like YouTube videos and yeah, you know, call it you know we we messed around with some names you know green acre sessions is what we come up with why green acres well because that's that's his road jack lives on that's it oh it's oh yeah that's right he lives on green acre so you call it green acre sessions and that just sort of stuck yeah and it was simple you know we want didn't want like yeah by the way i'm gonna interrupt you again can I have the introduction to our conversation be Green Acres is the place yeah, absolutely. to Absolutely. Okay, good. Go ahead, please. Absolutely. Please. I didn't that was the dumbest thing to What if can it be with. the easy E version of it though? You know what I mean? Where he's like there's like an easy E where he does a parody of it. I can't think of what I can't think of it either. I, I think I've heard it, but I don't know. It's just Anyways. So, you know, we started playing and um eventually Zach was like, well, I used to play with this guy, Adam. Mm-hmm. You know, he plays a uh, good lead guitar. Let's get him in and we'll jam around and see what happens there. And I think the focus has always been on just making good music. Like, a lot of the other bands I've been, it was like creating a hype. Yeah. And yeah. then, like, the music, I think, kind of fell short right. of what we were trying to, like, because eventually, you know, it has to still be about the music. And I, I think, you know, the philosophy we've went on is just as long as the music is really good and we're playing well, yeah, then everything else will kind of fall in place. Like, it, you know, the name, like, it is kind of generic, I guess, <laughs> like Green Acre Sessions. But at the same time, it's it's just a name. Like, there's so many generic names for, yeah. for bands. It doesn't matter, really, what the name is. or What's, like, a shitty shitty band name Nickelback that's a terrible name oh it's a terrible. terrible band I mean even like but w- people love them it's em. not a terrible name but like Umphreys McGee it's such that's a, a random shitty name it's you know. a shitty name but like they built that name into something that's exactly. very respected and I think that's where if, if, if the music's there then it doesn't matter what right. it looks like or the name is or it's all you know about the music and that was kind of the the philosophy is try to stay tight you know and then uh, you know we we uh, played around with uh with Justin again, tried him out on drums, and uh, but then we met Drew, which I'd already met Drew. Oh yeah. Oddly enough, uh, 
in Angola, Indiana. Right. And one of my friends, you know, introduced us at a campfire. He's like, oh, he was drunk and he's kind of a bullshitter. So I was just like, and he's like, oh, Drew's a doctor of drums out there. And, uh, and I was like, whatever. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, you guys should get together. Well, ironically, we put a Craigslist ad up and Drew answered it. And then, you know, me being, you know, a creepy stalker, I went to his Facebook profile right away. I was like, who's Drew Parent? <laughs> and I looked and I saw the mutual friends who were my friends in Angola. And I'm like, well, how the, yeah, you know, how the fuck would he know? And I was, and I started thinking, I was like, wow, that's weird. And I text him, I was like, I've met, we've met. And then we both were like, oh, whoa, well, oh, you know, sweet. It's kind of weird. But then, so then the four of us started playing. And that was uh, actually almost two years ago exactly. It, our first gig was July 1st, two years ago, 2016. Oh, sweet. So we'd probably been playing since like, early june maybe may or so and then we got our first gig with uh innovation concerts was our first we did, oh, oh. We did the ottawa tavern gotcha we're jason <coughs> jason ram yep jason set that up uh there at ottawa tavern and it was a chance for us to get out there and just try out what we've been right practicing and it, you know it went, went pretty good and we kind of just went on from went on from there well how many originals does green anchor sessions have the what, that we actually play? Well, no, like in in like that, yeah, in rotation whenever whenever it comes. I mean, I guess there's probably only like seven or eight, mm. I think, that we have, but there's so much more in the works too at the, at the time, or because I mean I've written so many songs that mm. would fall in course with this band, and then we do a lot of jams in, in songs as well, mm-hmm. so which which. <laughs> Which I was asking Drew, I was like, how did you guys get lumped up with the jam band, like, category? And that's only going off of because Green Acre Sessions is booked to play that Sacred Heart Festival, or Sacred right. Harvest Festival. Well, we do have a lot of jam band qualities. Right, well, I'm like, well, you guys, there's, like, Grateful Dead's cover, like, you'll jam out, we'll just space for a bit, or... Yeah. Even, even Deep Ellen Blues, like... It's a dead tune. It it, it feels in like a blues style, right? Blues it, it's funk. a dead tune, but like even it feels like that song for you. For when I'm playing it, the few times I played it with this group, it's a sort of start somewhere, and everybody kind of gets their footing. And it's, it's almost, a good sound check tune, right? And then all of, and then like it comes together at some point. It, I mean, that's a very jammy thing to do is where everyone's sort of like feeling the scene, feeling yeah. out each other, feeling out the song, and then it comes in. I mean, there's, there's some qualities for it. Yeah, Drew absolutely. didn't really have a good answer. He's just like, oh, fucking Drew. <laughs> 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 Fuck you, I'm Drew. Um, no, yeah, I mean, that's uh, like it goes in with the, my background, I guess. And the thing about the jam band is it's it's when you're multi-genre, mm. Like just you mean you've heard our EP, the EP available on iTunes, also Ew. available on Spotify. Let's let's play a song. Let's play. Uh, we're playing "See Do So" on Drew's. So what what do you want? Which one do you want to play? Well, since we're talking song? about jam band, let's throw uh, let's play "Tax Evasion." I love that song. Okay, let's listen to "Tax Evasion." We'll come back and then we gotta wrap up because I got Pete and also I have to go because I got a gig tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, so okay, let's listen to "Tax Evasion."
sick and only six bones on every 100 spent and if you want a roof it's mortgage or rent and if you got no cheddar you can get some lint they get you when you spend it they get you when you make it they get you with the law and they get you when you break it when you're coming and when you're going they get you when you know when they get you without knowing they get you when you're driving and at the gas station when you're restless or when you're patient let's not forget why we started this nation Freedom, liberty, and tax evasion now. Let's talk about Sam's sister Sue. Sue's got two jobs, and she can make do. Sue had twins, Sam's an uncle or two. She gets welfare, daycare, and stands for food. That's all she can do to keep her head up a water. She wants the best things for her son and her daughter. But every day, the water gets hotter, and every day, the land's led to slaughter. Because they get you when you spend it, they get you when you make it, they get you with the law, and they get you when you break it. When you're coming, and when you're going, they get you when you know, and they get you without knowing. They get you when you're driving, and at that gas station, when you're restless, when you're patient, let's not forget why we started this nation. Freedom, liberty, and tax evasion.
tax evasion. And we're back. Very funky. Very yeah, lots the, of funk and the then jam. Funk, the, yeah, funk jam. Mm. And I think you know that's probably. Which there's so many sections of that song. It's funny that it's only like it's. I think it's still under five minutes, isn't right, it? Right, it is. And then, you know, live we can really probably draw it out. But just on the EP alone, you know, we've got an Americana type blues song with right. Legend of Jim Ricky, Seeds You So, which is total pop cut, like right, with like a Caribbean feel, like uh, 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 which uh, is a uh, jam, uh, which could yeah. be. Interpreted as like a jam thing because jam bands tend to like take from other genres right. and sort of just mash it together. And that's always been a problem. It's like, what do you call yourself? Like, I don't really like to lump into the the jam band category because I don't want because we play we do play so many covers. Right. I mean, when you got to play for four hours at a gig, it's just like right. you know. But you throw in the crowd pleasers, you know, mm-hmm. Billy Jean, David Bowie, you know. Yeah. And stuff like that. Al Green. Al Green, baby. Oh. Mm. <laughs> love Al Green. Um, yeah, how can you not love Al Green? It's still like my life goal to like make it down to his church and just see him do it. Yeah. Like I read this article, uh, Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys. He's like, yeah, I went down. The benefits of being in Tennessee is the proximity of Al Green's church. And so like he'll go to church just to see Al Green preach. <laughs> which... That's such an incredible Worth performance it. of itself. Have you ever been to like a, a black church, like a Baptist church? No, at all? Never you've ever been like part of a service. They're like, they're not, like, not sure if I would catch on fire if like, I walked on church or not. So I don't know if I want to. They're like fifteen hours long. Like by the time you're done, everyone's makeup is running, everyone's sweating, but the music is just bumping it's and, on. and like the pageantry and and the whole act and when they start hooping and feeling and it, and so much of it is derives from improv. And you have to be able to have the greatest ear because you'll see the organ player. Because a, a deacon will go up and start just, they, I think they call it hooping. I'm sorry, and I don't mean to be offensive to an entire culture but yeah. uh, and religion uh, and subsect of religion. But um, a deacon will go up there and he'll start, I think they call it hooping, and they'll just sort of go off whatever key they just start singing in. And they'll just be like, and I'm so sorry about this. I'm ruining uh, uh, fucking this music gospel, and the keyboard player has to sit there and find it, or whoever the band director is, they'll find the key and mm. then be like, "Okay, A flat, let's go." And then like, <laughs> and in they come. And, and I I got to play for a few months with a Baptist band, and it was boot camp, man. It was fucking boot camp. It it was Just like listen and learn. Figure I played guitar and like I couldn't even hear the chord changes. I was like, oh, "Where's the change? I don't hear the fucking change. It just sounds like one big fucking chord." And the keyboard player's going, <laughs> and their foot's going on the bass pedals and like, oh, shout out to Philip G. He is a fucking bad boy. Anyways, um, so Green Acre Sessions. Um, where, where do you see, like, where do you want it to go? Not, like, I don't know if you've talked about this with the rest of the band. So, tying back into the beginning of the conversation, the, you know, long-term, long game, mm-hmm. I think it's something, you know, kind of looked around Toledo, it seems like it's definitely a long game here. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be at something for a while, yeah. get your foot in the door, keep your foot in the door, and just keep building relationships, and, you know... Um, to stick with that and then 
I want to record more. I want to make more original music, record some full albums, release albums, mm-hmm. and uh, just continue to build relationships with different venues and, you know, not limit ourselves either, though. Like, I don't want to, as much as I love jam music and everything like that, I don't want to say we're a jam band and yeah. we only do jam festivals. We can. Right. We can do jam festivals. And that can be lucrative. And it's fun, man. You know, that's the thing. It's is a festival. It's dude. festival. It's fun. And I'm real excited about uh, Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. You said Sacred Heart. I said Sacred Heart. It's Sacred Harvest. Sacred Harvest. And this is the second annual. And I think I'm going to be sitting. I think Tuesday I'm going over and talking to the Waxtastic dudes. And they're an integral part of that festival, correct? Yeah, it's them and... Frogtown Roots. Frogtown, yeah. Which yeah. I don't know who that is. I'll set you I, up. I'll set you up after this if sure. you want to do a, a talk somewhere. Well, I don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, um, I, I don't know. The guy's name is Waxy, I think. That's what they call him. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. I'm going to go meet him. S- seems like a nice guy. We've been talking on, on uh, Messenger and stuff. So no, like, it's cool that, you know, people are, that there's some kids trying to do some stuff like that around here. I agree. Well, that's what's so interesting. That's why I'm so interested in actually pursuing these jam bands. Like, what's the other one? Bocano? Bocano? Uh, Bocano. Bocano. Yeah, they they have kind of a thing going on. Yeah, it's very cool. It's like, it's very um, Jamtronica. Yeah. You know, like Papadocio. And, and it's, Papadocio. It's really, it's really tight. And I, I really enjoy uh, yeah, their new release. I couldn't tell. I think it's called... Uh, uh, something eggs. I, I just yeah, saw yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an really, egg. it's good. It's it sounds I've, really good. I haven't really dove into it, but yeah, I mean they're very technical with in certain parts. So like I reached out to those guys. So I've been just kind of reaching out to like some of these regional like round the town band because it's interesting that this is kind of popping up and like there's more than just like two bands doing yeah. it. And so like what is it that's kind of like building this like this wave? You know, like what is it that 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 is making several bands from the same area kind of go in this direction. Like, what what the fuck is it? Right. I don't know. I think it's just, um, you know, a good local festival. I mean, it's, you know, the, the, it's so overran now with, you know, big overpriced yeah. festivals and Bonnaroo, stuff like that. But there's so much good Bonnaroo. local music in the area. Mm. And, and, you know, just out of the jam scene even like throughout there's so many good bands in the toledo area yeah. so many good artists which uh, is which is different for me that right. that's one of the things i gotta say is that's different for me there was a couple f- bands when i was living here where i was like damn these bands are really good i really enjoy watching these bands play they're local but that was it there was nothing like th- i just felt like options were very limited when i lived here the first time and then now when i'm back it's it's so awesome. different. It's different. It's very different. It's very different. The arts are much more appreciated, I feel like, around here now. But yeah, definitely. There's so definitely a lot of opportunity and that's Right, and, and, and I can work. Like that's the yeah. biggest thing too, is that I can work here. Which that was my biggest fear is like because we were going to go to Detroit, and I was like, well, I'm sure it's ha- going to be hard to get in there, but at least I know it's a music city that appreciates music and that there'll probably be work there. And never did I think when I moved back here and I actually started talking to people, I came out of my malaise, depression, and like, God, I'm back at this place. Started talking to people, which I'm so, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and slam on Toledo. It's really me. Well, you're coming in from a different perspective. I'm coming in from Southern you California. You left because there was nothing going right. on. Right, and then coming back here, it was a hard blow to my ego and to what I thought I was doing in life. So, like, it completely... 
I when I was in San Diego, I had reached a point in music and like uh, oh, in life and that I was like really proud of myself and like proud of what I was doing, proud of the work, proud of the business me and my wife created. And like I really for the first time in my life thought felt that I was on the right path. Mm -hmm. And then like everything changed and everything was different. And now I'm here it's me it's yeah. all me it's not it's not anybody else it's all me it's like you got to take what you have now and mold it into what you want because it, you can't just sit in your house and feel bad for yourself because oh my god i don't live in california anymore oh my god i don't have to like hustle my dick off just to make this unreasonable rent this unreasonable amount of money that they're asking for to live on earth so anyway so so what so you see what where where would you see the band? Where do you want to see the band in the next like few years? Uh, I'd like to see us go back into the studio, eventually, uh, get a, a full length knocked out out of the way. Uh, as far as <clears throat> short term goals, I think uh, stuff we need to work on is just uh, tightening up vocals with multiple parts because I think that's it at this point. Um, we've got such good players with us that, you know, you look around at some of the other bands and it's like, th these are the things that could tighten up, like mm. uh, vocals, you know, working on harmonies mm. and, and and stuff like that. And then also continue to write music. But at the same time, you know, we don't have to just play original music just to play. Right original music you know so so would you be okay with just being a toledo band that just does the bar circuit and plays no, i don't think i could uh, it w there's always like uh, the pressing to make your own music because like that's the thing is like you're not really i mean i i, I want to say this gently without to not offend and because there's a lot of good cover bands right. in toledo but like you're not really like your own band mm -hmm. until you make your own music right you know Oh, and it. and that's the thing is, and I think uh, you know when when we won that uh, original music competition, we won in a. All right, so this hasn't been talked about. Real quick, okay. we won in a battle of bands uh -huh. at the Beer Stoop, and uh, that's how we got to record our EP. Oh, sweet! So we won the. That was the prize was recording studio time at local studio Firefly Studios, that's which awesome. is really awesome, by the way. Brett is an awesome engineer. Is that ever, mommy? Uh, no, it's right on door. Oh, wait. it's right on door. Be uh, west of Reynolds, I believe. But uh, real cool place. Real easy to book, and uh, like his the way his website works and everything. It's so smooth and streamlined. Works fast. Gets in and out. Great setup at his house, and it was just a real pleasure to get to do that, and to also affirm that this is something we need to be doing mm. is making our own music. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's probably why we struggled to kind of jump into the to the jam scene earlier is because we were playing a lot of cover style mm -hmm. gigs, like you know, like play at a place like the Blarney, mm -hmm. which is a crazy crowd packed up, and you can slip in your originals. Don't get me wrong, yeah, we will, but uh, you know, they want to hear what right. they want to hear. Well, I remember talking to, to Jason Ram about you know somebody works the, it's a very blue collar city and someone works in a factory or mm -hmm. whatever it is it, yeah. all fucking day 
and it's happy hour on Friday and or whatever time and they're going out and they got a babysitter and fucking you know like they're they got dressed up and it's been so long since they've been out because they're stuck at home with these little heathens that they're trying to raise <laughs> and they're stuck at being yeah, you get yelled to go at out. you get to go out you want to hear and you don't want to hear a 20 minute experimental jam with some fucking hippie up there smelling like patchouli i get that Maybe you do. Yeah, I, but, I get it. But I get that you want to hear Brown Eyed Girl. It's like, I yeah. just want to hear fucking the things that the best part of my life was being young, and I just want to be transported then and live those moments again while I drink myself into a, a something s- Something familiar that brings on that nostalgia. Exactly. And it gives you a good feeling. And that's, right. and that's that, our job, you really, want a good, musicians. You want to go out and have a good time. You don't want to be like, why is this guy still fucking soloing? And I, I, I think I told Jason... But like I there's brought, a balance for sure. <laughs> I brought some friends of mine that I went to high school with who are very, uh, very working class. And uh, I love them. And I'm not trying to t- when I'm saying working class, I'm not trying to say it in a bad way because I'm a working class musician. I'm not yeah. above anybody. I'm not. I'm working. Trying to say I mean, that's what I, I mean. I am. You know, that's my exactly. day, that's my day job. Exactly. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I brought my friends, and they're both working-class dudes. One's an electrician, one dude delivers beer. And one of my friends was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> he was so angry. Where were you at? It. Oh, I'm sorry. We were at Jason's show. It was a Funk Factory show oh, okay. that he invited me out, and I think Desmond Jones played. And some oh, those guys are tight. Oh, yeah, Desmond Jones. And nice guys, really nice guys. Um, um, and... And he was just furious. He was so furious that, like, he was being subjected to this. And I was like, dude, they already got your money. Just stay in debt. Like, fuck this. I'm going to the new black strip club on the east side. So they uh, went to the black strip club on the east side. Jason, I have to wrap this up because I yeah, have no to problem. get home and fucking get ready to do this gig tonight at bars, wherever that. Oh, bars, public house in Maumee, which by the time this comes out, who gives a fuck? I'll be long gone. Uh, what's some upcoming shows that... Well, the Sacred Heart, uh, Sacred Harvest Festival. Well, it's a sub- when, when, how, how long do you think you'll get this out? It won't be this Wednesday. It'll be the next Wednesday. So yeah, we'll be able to promote. Uh, so we're playing the twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth. We got yeah. a, we got a big three day weekend coming up. Weekend. Uh, I believe the twenty seventh we are playing at the Blarney hmm. uh, downtown Toledo, and that's uh it's always a fun time. It's, it gets rowdy down there yeah. at the Blarney, packed house all the time. Yeah. Real tight stage. You'll love it. Is there is there a lot of College students that hang out there, or is that? It's just the downtown crowd, man. Like downtown's been pretty crazy. I went out once since I've been here for a bachelor party, and it was crazy. The amount of like, yeah, the amount of life that's down there now is just it blows my mind. Okay, so so twenty seventh Blarney, twenty eighth we're actually playing Beer Stube, and that's a a nice gig because it's six to ten, six p.m. to ten p.m. And you're done early, and it's always a real except a real good crowd at the Mm -hmm. Beer Stube, like. It's on a Saturday, we've always had a really good vibe there, yeah. and the stage is pretty big. Yeah, um, good time there. Then Sunday, we're heading out to Briali Vineyard in uh, Fremont, Indiana, and we do an outdoor stage there. Uh, one of our good friends, Brian, has a vineyard out there in uh, uh, Fremont, and he's uh, he loves some, him some jam music. So okay, we go out, and we play, and it's a real beautiful place. Nice, uh, it's great. Uh, is that far from Angola? 
Uh, it's actually north, probably about ten minutes of Angola. So, oh, okay. We'll, so we'll just head to. You can take uh, territorial highway out of Sylvania. Like twenty. One twenty. One twenty. Like the one north of it. Okay. And take that straight into Fremont, straight to Brialy. So yeah, we got a, a nice three-day weekend coming up, and then I was looking at the schedule the other day. So I work a three-day weekend every other weekend, mm-hmm. but I'm off three-day weekend every other right. weekend. From here on out, starting the 27th, the 28th, 29th, every other weekend, we're if not booked up Friday, Saturday night, booked up Friday yeah, or Saturday. It kind of so. works out nicely because at the end of August, it's like the only weekend I don't think we're really doing anything. It's like I have to go out of town for yeah. my other band thing. So it kind of works out nice. Um, so, yeah, a lot of stuff that's going on. So, yeah, Green Acre Sessions, one word, Green Acre Sessions. Um, find us on Facebook, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Music. We're we got an online presence to come out, see us live, <laughs> see right. us with Mike. Hey, what's <laughs> up? Watch me fucking try to figure out how to play my spaceship keyboard. He uh, does. He does good. Don't let him. <laughs> don't let him self-deprecate it over here. All right, Jason. Thank you so much, brother. And um, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thanks, Mike. Jason Black, everybody. Thank you, Jason, for coming on the show. And uh, thank you for uh, sharing all those <laughs> those uh, those songs from back in the day. Um, I love the rap song. It's just uh, too dope. Shaggy too dope. Sorry. No, that's stupid. Uh, Everybody write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Um, you can check out my Barren Wasteland website. That is wespeakenglishgood.net. Or you can leave a, a review on iTunes. You can leave a review on Stitcher or wherever the fuck you get your podcast. Uh, it all helps. And people have been leaving reviews on iTunes. So that's very nice. I, I should check Stitcher and see if there's any reviews there. Um, okay, so I said I have, would have a list of shows coming up, so I am going to do that right now if I can only... Here we go. So what we got coming up is uh, Green Acre Sessions, Friday, July 27th at the Blarney Stone. Green Acre Sessions, July 28th at the Beer Stube. Green Acre Sessions, July 29th at the Briali Vineyard in Fremont, Indiana. And then I think I said at the top of the show, this uh, Bono Tavern, uh, August 10th, Green Acre Session, Dirty Bird. And then we have the Sacred Harvest Festival pre-party, August 24th, Green Acre Session. That's along with Waxtastic, Shit, and uh, Cactus Jack, and there might be another one on that one. But it's a pre-party for the the show out in... Um, uh, 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 on September twenty on September seventh, which is the Sacred Harvest Festival in Grand Rapids, Ohio, put on by Waxtastic and Frogtown, um, 
I can't remember. I'm trying. I'm talking to Andrew right now, trying to do a podcast. So we can talk about wh- what he does with the whole commu- music community around here. And then f- from the 28th through the 1st, August 28th through the September 1st, I'll be on tour with Skanks Roots Project, and they're going to be starting off. I th- oh God, why do I always do this? I never have shit prepared. I just start talking, and then I expect everything to fall into place. Like that's that's how shit works around here. Like, like you know, you just automatically information appears in your brain, and now I have it. It's just there it is. Uh, I don't have it actually. So let me see what's going on. Uh, let's take a quick break. Okay, so we got uh, July twenty sixth. This is gonna be going on. I'm not gonna be part of this. This is gonna be Central Valley, but we got. Uh, the Skanks Roots Project is uh, doing the Watering the Seed Tour, and that's uh, Channel Brewery out in Stockton on July 26th, New Frontier Club in Patterson, California, July 27th, and then July 20 or August 28th, 710 Beach Club in Pacific Beach, California, uh, August 30th in Corpus Christi at the House of Rock, August 31st, the Flamingo Cantina in Austin, Texas, and September 1st at the Launchpad in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I believe I'm going to be doing the, I won't be doing the California show, but I'll be doing the rest of them. House of Rock, Flamingo Cantina, and Launchpad. Because as soon as they cross the Sierras and the fucking Rocky Mountains, I can do those shows because it's a day's drive. So (laughs) that's why I'm doing those shows. Uh, okay, so that's what I got coming up on the calendar. And again, uh, not to bum everybody out again, but uh, if, if you are having any problems, uh, there is help out there with drugs or mental health. Uh, you can call 365 days a year, 24-7, the National Helpline through SAMHSA, uh, and that's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, and that is 1-800-662-HELP or 1-800-662-4357. And, uh, you know, get help. There are people who love you in this world. And, um, yeah, find help. Just just try to get help. It's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. I know it. I had to pull myself out of the bullshit. It's a dark place. It, it sucks when you first stop because you're so depressed and you hate yourself. And all these terrible thoughts of, you know, taking your own life come into play. But, but... After it, after you get it out of your system, after the worst of it, it, you only go up and it only gets better. And I know that's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a fucking reason. So get help. Okay, gang. uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you next week with stand-up comedian Tommy Lucero. And um, and then after that, I think we're doing Waxtastic. And then I'm out of guests again. So (laughs) we will figure it out uh all right guys um take care of your fellow human beings hj's for everybody love you guys and um i'll see you next time